Welcome to the next greatest episode of The Marvels. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian Max. Um, today's episode is a special one, uh, as we are going to be talking about the next generation of gaming. Um, as you guys know, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series S and Series X launched about a month ago. And um, we have some people here to talk about it, of course. Um, so let's just jump into PlayStation 5. And with me, as always, is the PlayStation 5 aficionado, friends to Astro and you and me, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm really happy to be here and to talk about the PS5. It's finally here. <laughs> Great. Great, and it's also great because um, I think we talked about it the previous episode, but uh, if we didn't, uh, you are lucky enough to actually get one uh, right before uh, our little country, uh, the Netherlands, had to go into lockdown. I, I just mentioned it, like, if, if my PlayStation would have been there right now, I would have gone completely crazy because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pick it up. But I, I got lucky, I think, two weeks ago I could pick it up, so I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it was very unexpected because it, it wasn't really that... I wasn't counting on it, so... Yeah, it was, as everybody, is, of course, have had, it's been crazy. For those that were able to get it on launch day, <coughs> Robin, um, they, uh, they're the lucky few that actually were able to get it on launch day. Uh, speaking of which, we also have our uh, other uh, PlayStation aficionado, Robin, who uh, needs uh, also a little bit of a congratulations because... Uh, he uh, recently became a daddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> fun, um, fun fact is that yeah. when we uh, recorded the last episode I was in, that evening, my uh, my whole world kind of turned upside down. We, we we joked about that, that I might becoming a might become a dad pretty soon. And uh, I didn't know it would be uh, happening that fast. So, um, yeah. I've got a new baby and a new PlayStation. Us, uh, you told us, like, literally when we hung up, you your wife went to labor and you had to rush her to the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of what the uh, evening looked like. I recorded the episode, we went to bed, and um, uh, right about then she said, I think my water broke, and yeah, that's when the whole thing uh, started. Yeah. So yeah, great, congratulations. We have a PlayStation dad now um, among us. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about their experiences with the PlayStation 5 uh, up until this point. Um, as I stated before, Robin, you've had it uh, since launch. Um, Sean Templar, you've had it uh, for about two, almost three weeks now, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, how's your experience been so far? You want to go first because you've had it longer? <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, so uh, the experience was pretty good. I didn't really expect it to be arriving, be arriving actually on the on, on the day it launched because I didn't get a confirmation until just like the day before that. Um, but uh, then it arrived and I did see some unboxing videos and it's not that special if for uh, if you do an un unboxing with the PlayStation 5. But um, I already knew this thing was going to be big and everyone who told me said, this thing is big. And still, I didn't expect it to be that big. I did measure up my, um, my TV cabinet, uh, but... In the end, it still didn't fit in there. It's still standing on the TV cabinet instead of in there. It's um, it's a pretty big machine. Um, and the first thing I did was um, was 
play Astro. Um, what's the the game again? Astro, Astro Bot or what's the Astro's Playroom? Yeah. Astro's Playroom. Yeah, um, I did play the other ones as well on the PlayStation Four and the VR one as well. Uh, but uh, that was kind of my first experience, and I think uh, Sean Temple had the uh, same experience. He also played that game, right? Yeah, so it's pre-installed, and everybody I spoke to basically said, fire up Astro before you play anything else. And um, I, I didn't expect it to have the impact it had, because it, it basically starts out with a, a brief demo of the controller and how it works. But, I mean, the, the whole time I was playing the game, I had this huge smile on my face, and I was just laughing because it's it's funny, it's it's pretty, Astro is a, is a cute little guy. There's so many references in there for other PlayStation franchises. Um, and, and just the DualSense itself is, it's like you have this massive haptic engine in your hands and the, the vibration and the haptics are so precise that it's, I didn't expect it to be like this because you could feel every tiny step he took on different services is a, is a subtle vibration in the controller. I'm like, whoa, this is pretty sick. Especially the introduction uh, you have with the controller, right? So when you yeah. boot up the game, there's this quick guide about all the features of the DualSense controller, like the microphone, the haptic feedback, the touchpad. Um, but especially the haptic feedback part is really amazing how it, uh, oh, yeah. you, you know that part where, where it fills up with blocks and it shakes around and um, or you have the Astrobots in there and you shake the, shake the controller. Yeah. It actually feels like they're in there. Yeah. So. But like, I think, and, and there's, the speaker in the PlayStation controller isn't anything new, but because they're combining it with haptics in this case, it adds an extra dimension to the game because those Astrobots are in there and then you're tilting your controller and at the same time you can feel the weight shift in the controller. For you example, can hear the little robots screaming in agony. Yeah, and, and you can hear those little robots screaming and, and it just <laughs> it just adds to it. I mean, if if I think if the sound wasn't there or if the the the, sound, the vibration didn't shift, I think if it was like a DualShock 4, it wouldn't have the same impact. No. Yeah, because that's just like a generalized like rumble feature. Yeah. And it is, and it is the thing that I've been most curious about, um, because that's I think outside of the fast loading time, which we'll probably get into as well. Um, the most that people are talking about is the Dual Sense controller, and I'm a, um, if I haven't made it clear enough on this podcast before, I'm just going to mention it again. I am a big fan of gameplay. Um, if you can do anything to make the gameplay more interesting, um, that is something right up my alley. Uh, that's why. Uh, Again, that's one of the reasons why I love being a Nintendo fan because Nintendo always tries to do something different when it comes to controls. Um, you have the Wii U, of course. You have the DS. Um, you have the Switch, uh, of course, uh, with the HD Rumble um, and you know motion controls. And they they try to do some they, they try to do something interesting every time. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, part of it also has to do with the developers. Um, so my main question is right now with the that the Dual Sense. Outside of, you know, clearly Astro's Playroom was made with the DualSense controller in mind, of course. Um, what are other games that you've noticed that the DualSense is being used to the full extent of it, or at least close to it? In my case, I don't think there's a single one that uses every feature of the DualSense controller, except for Astro's Playroom. It's more like a tech demo, and I don't think you can expect that there will be a game in the near future that will use every aspect of the controller. Um, 
but it's nice to see what it's capable of and it might inspire other game developers as well to see what they can do with it. Um, one game I did use, I did play and I didn't really expect it to be using any of the features was I played uh, Borderlands 3 on there. Um, and um, just the fact that you actually pull the trigger um, with R2 when you shoot a gun, it's it's so weird, but it's so... It, it's so familiar once you're used to it in like like two shots. Um, that was one of the games I didn't expect to have any dual sense um, optimizations for it because it would just be a 4K 60 FPS upgrade for Borderlands 3, but they also adapted the uh, dual sense controller for that. All right. So when you so when you pull the trigger, you feel like the tension in it. Yeah. So um, when you aim, you pull the left trigger, and it works like usual. And then if you pull the trigger for your gun, uh, you pull the trigger, it builds up tension. And then once you go past that threshold, you actually pull it and it lets go. And it's actually like you're pulling a trigger on a gun. Wow. Okay. Nice. I think Sony's trying to push developers to use it because I saw, I, I, I don't have Black Ops, but I saw in Black Ops that uh, the, the triggers are being used in different ways for different kind of guns. So every different every gun has a different feel and a certain resistance on the trigger. But for example, with with Miles Morales, it's a lot less. It's it's a bit more subtle. I mean, when you're swinging around, you can feel it, but it's not as much as you would expect. And for example, with Watch Dogs Legion, I think the only feature is that when you shoot a gun, it has like this wall you press against, so kind of like with a real trigger in a gun. That you you press the trigger, you feel a wall, and then you have to press on to shoot. So they kind of replicated that. But besides that, it, at sometimes I almost felt like I had a six-axis controller in my hand because even when you're driving or whatever, you're not feeling anything. So yeah, that was kind of disappointing. Because I was like, hey, but this game is the perfect game for extra rumble features, and and they're not using it. I heard that Demon Souls also pretty, uses it pretty well. Um, but I th- but the funny thing is, is, is because so many reviews mention the DualSense is game-changing, I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft shows up with a new controller either next year or the year after that does all of this and probably some more because the only thing they have now is the adaptive triggers or the haptic trigger. So there's like a little yeah, motor trigger. in the trigger, but it's not the same as uh, this because this system works with a kind of with a coil in it, with a whirlwind coil. So that's why you get these different levels of resistance, whereas the Xbox control is just a little vibration motor that vibrates. So I think they will probably adapt this as well and bring it out as a supplemental controller, probably. Maybe if they do something like an Elite elite, elite Controller 3 or something like that, maybe. Yeah, or maybe in time for Halo or something like that. Mm, yeah that's that that's for another episode <laughs> but um yeah so um outside of of course uh astro bot are there uh, and i'm assuming all of you got miles morales uh on it as well or are there any other games that you picked up besides it or are there uh, and if not um which one which ones are you like most likely to pick up next so what I did is I, I bought a few games during Black Friday sales um, that are for the PlayStation 4, but that will be optimized right now or in the near future for the PlayStation 5. So one of them is um, I bought uh, For Honor, uh, which is a game I never played, but the fact that it was so cheap and it's going to be getting an update, it already got the update for the PlayStation 5. 
Um, uh, so I bought that one. Uh, and the other one I downloaded recently was Destiny, uh, because you now have the um, uh, 120 frames per second option for the uh, Crucible uh, missions. Oh, did you try that already or not yet? No, but I did try it with Borderlands. Uh, Borderlands also has a uh, 120 FPS option, but it um, um, sets the resolution to 120, uh, I, I mean, uh, 1080p. And also the user interfaces go, goes back to 1080p. And I, it looks like there is no anti-aliasing anti-aliasing anymore in the game. So it looks horrible. But you do get 120 frames per second. Uh, I played that for like 30 seconds, and then I switched back to the uh, 4K 60 FPS. Yeah, I have to say though, with uh, with Miles Morales, I played the almost the whole game on 4K 30, so with ray tracing. And then they brought out an update last week in which they introduced dynamic 4K 60 FPS and ray tracing. Um, and the switch to 60 fps it felt so strange because everything was buttery smooth I, I it was it almost felt like i was playing a completely new game like whoa this is so smooth and then when you do a takedown or when you're in a boss battle you're like whoa this is so sick i, I had instances it was just wow then the game already was pretty nice but i didn't expect that extra 30 fps to make such a big difference <laughs> nice you're like, oh no, oh, oh, this is way too smooth for me, man. I can't touch this. Oh, I, <laughs> out. I can't handle that. <laughs> um, so, uh, Robin, you were talking about the the 120 frames on uh, Borderlands 3, and uh, from the reporting that I've seen, at the very least, right now, the games that offer 120 frames per second, um, it feels more like it's kind of a thing to just check off because not it's not a stable 120. Um, what has your uh, experience been with Borderlands 3 with the 120 frames outside of the anti-aliasing being a thing? Yeah, I, d I did see this video on uh, Digital Foundry where they analyzed the uh, um, frames per second. And I re if I remember correctly, it, it almost never actually achieves 120 frames per second. So in my case, I couldn't barely see the difference between the 60 FPS and the so-called 120 FPS. Um, I didn't but your TV any... is capable of displaying it, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's one thing. You make sure you get a, a monitor or a TV that supports that because there are only a few of them that actually do that. Um, but it's um, it's like one of those features, and I don't think that many people actually be using it, and I don't expect any um, many that, that many future games that will actually support it um, because it's such a niche feature people are asking for. Uh, I think people are more interested in the resolution part than in the um, higher refresh rate part. Yeah. Um, Sean, have you ever been able to try out any games that support it? I don't know. I think Borderlands... I, I'm not sure if there are other games on the PlayStation 5 that also have... Uh, on it, Black but... Ops Cold War has it, but I don't have... Don't have that yet. No, I yeah. think... Um, no, I thought Warzone was going to get it, but it's only going to get it on Xbox Series X. It's not going to get it on the PS5. Huh, rare exclusivity deal. It has to do with that um, <laughs> apparently the Xbox One supports 120 FPS and the PS4 does not because it's kind of baked in there from an OS or from a native. It's, it's basically like a native feature uh, because really? they built it in pretty early on through a software update. And um, 
PS5, the PS4 doesn't have it. So it's easier for them. PS4 to, or the PS5. The 4. So it's easier for them, for developers to switch uh, a game from the Xbox One to the Xbox Series X and enable that 120 FPS. Oh, okay. The PS5, yeah. it, have, it would have to mean more resources. So that's why a few games aren't getting it on the PS5 at the moment. So they basically copped out. That's what you're saying, right? Who, the developers or Sony? The developers. I can't talk. I don't know. I can't say that. I don't I mean. Oh, come on. You can be a little bit. You can be a little bit harsh on like, that. I mean, honest, I, I'm the last person that cares about 120 FPS. I had a, a 120 FPS monitor a couple of years ago for my PC. And I, in some games, you noticed it. But I think unless you're a really competitive gamer, you play like competitive multiplayer games, there's no benefit for 120 FPS. Um, I always play games in in the the quality mode, so I like to have the highest fidelity. I don't mind if it's 30 FPS, for example, um, whereas a lot of people prefer 60. So I, the, the, the prettier the graphics, the better it is for me. I don't mind if it's 30 FPS. Okay. There is a, um, uh, a, a page on Reset Era where they have a list of every optimization for the PlayStation 5 games. Um, when it comes to 120 FPS, there's Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Cold War, um, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Dirt 5, and Rainbow Six Siege. That oh, support. Okay, so Dirt 5 makes sense because it's a racing game, right? Yeah. And then, what what was the last one? Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. That also makes sense. I did get that one the other day. What, on PlayStation 4? Uh, on 5. Ah. Yeah, it was in the sale for nine bucks. So I'd like, no, why not? And I like tactical shooters. Right. The game is like what four years old now. Yeah, but I have to say, it looks really nice on a PS5. I didn't expect yeah, it. Probably, I, probably, I played it. Probably did some optimizations over the years. Yeah, yeah. I, I played it on the PS4, and it was horrible. But it really looks nice on the PS5. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's like that. Oh yeah, that that's that ex girlfriend is going there. Oh wow, she actually looks pretty good right now. <laughs> Okay. Uh, um, any other games uh, you guys picked up? Um, I also picked up uh, Doom Eternal, but I'm waiting for the PlayStation 5 update for that. There's no um, release window for that. Mm. Um, I think I'm missing one, but I uh, also picked up Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, and I haven't played that, but I did play. Uh, I did see my my wife play it a lot, and I've decided not to touch that game for a long oh, no. time. So many. she's playing it's, it. Yeah, no, but but um, it's not Cyberpunk 2077 bad uh, when it comes to glitches, but there are some major issues with that game when it comes to quests not being able to be finished because NPCs aren't responding, quest items not loading, doors not being unlocked when they should be unlocked, um, and then weird things like um, um, elements that aren't loaded properly, like like seagulls that are flying on the ground. Um, Dead uh, bodies that are supposed to be floating on, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, then there are the, the, these dead bodies that they're supposed to flo- float in the in the water, but they're actually standing up straight uh, in a T pose, like those yeah. uh, uh, unloaded character models. Um, it's it's um, again. It's, that is it's, never not creepy, by the way. No. <laughs> I would almost say that they're being crucified, but they're supposed to be dead people in the water. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's um, uh, the game looks amazing, especially the lighting part of that game. It's really impressive how well they've done the lighting part. Of that it's it's a really pretty game to look at, um, but uh, I wouldn't recommend playing it yet. I really want to buy it, but I'm 
holding off because of ex exactly this reason. So I hope they fix it soon, but I don't know when they brought out the last update because it almost felt like it's been a while since they've done one. Uh, I don't think there's going to be an update like anytime soon since the year is coming to an end. So, um, but a lot of people picking this game up for Christmas and oof. getting this experience. I mean, that would be pretty bad. Oh yeah, tell me about it. On the other hand, I would say like it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of crappy that they put the game out the way it is. But one, it's Ubisoft, and two. To be fair, they put out two other games in a span of a month. So I can kind of give them a leeway for that because that's insane. Yeah, they did uh, one game a month uh, in November. No, they did two games in November, one in yes. November. So, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Did any, did any of you pick up uh, Watch, Dogs, Watch Dogs Legion? I bought it on the PS4 and I have the PS5 upgrade. So. How's it on PS5? It's, it's, I, I, think, I don't know if it has ray tracing. But the other day I was playing it. It should. I know it has I'm on the PC sure, and stuff like that. I don't know if the PS5 version has it, but I was playing it and it was raining and the reflections on the ground were crazy. It was like, I, I, I literally stared at the reflections for like three minutes. Like, whoa. <laughs> and yeah, was like, it like staring into your own soul? <laughs> <sighs> but this looked really nice. I mean, I was kind of amazed by it. Um, I want to finish the game because I know that if I don't finish the game right now, I'll probably never finish it. And that's mm. why I'm going all in on Watch Dogs. And I'm not even bothering with the side stuff. I'm just trying to get through the main quest as, as fast. I know this has nothing to do with the PlayStation 5, but how many grannies have you recruited so far? A none. I haven't, Dude! Yeah, I, I have a... My, my, my operatives mostly consist out of women. I don't know... Why? Because I, I, for example, I'm looking for Hitman and Spy because those are the cool classes, in my opinion. And everyone I recruit all the time are apparently women. I, I'd almost say Ubisoft is biased against men now because of the stuff they had earlier this year. <laughs> and they're trying to push it men and female characters. I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm, I, I was about to say, eh, maybe you weren't looking hard enough or maybe you were oh, looking like, hard enough. <laughs> I, I, I just... I'm trying to finish this game. I really don't care if it's a guy or a woman. I just want to get through it as fast as I can. And I just recruit the, the first person I, uh, I, I see. And for some reason, it's a woman every time. I'm like, okay, I don't care. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think, um, I think, because uh, I watched a Digital Foundry video on thought seriously, maybe we should get Digital Foundry to do one of these episodes one of these days. <laughs> we talk about them so often. <laughs> but it, I think it's because we're talking about next-gen consoles, so they tend to come up a lot because they do a lot of great work in terms of like analyzing like graphics and stuff like that. And um, I watched their Watch Dogs Legion video, and I think that the next-gen consoles, at least the PlayStation 5 version, uses ray tracing but i i think it's at a lower resolution than on pc i don't know I, the game doesn't have any options for a graphic setting so you can't say i want a performance mode or optimized mode or whatever it just has 4k 30 fps i think that's supposed to be a future update. it might be a future update i'm not 100 sure it did uh, postpone the multiplayer update because the multiplayer was supposed to happen in december and they pushed it back to next year because they said, uh, we want to take uh, the full time, blah, 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 yada, 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 Better. great experience, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. 
certain developers might actually learn from this. I, I probably won't even touch the multiplayer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. The point is they're taking the time to actually make sure that it works. Yeah. Kind of wish they did also did that for Valhalla, but sure. Um, so if we're talking, <laughs> if, if we're talking about uh, ray tracing, uh, Sean, what, what's your um, experience with the ray tracing part of Miles Morales? Um, I, as, as far as I've been able to see, is only in in reflections in like windows, and yeah, yeah you uh, walk or run up windows, but it's not like I'm constantly staring into the window to see the reflection because I'm just uh, zipping across town too fast to even notice. If I'm not mistaken, you also have the Pulse 3D headset, right? That is correct. Yeah. So, have you played that with Miles Morales with while using the Pulse 3D? Yeah. So, um, there are apparently only two games at the moment that support 3D audio, which is uh, which are Demon Souls and Miles Morales. Um, I've I don't know if I've I have. I, you can set up a profile in the settings for the 3D audio. You can choose between five, and you need to choose the profile that conveys the sound the closest to you. Um, I think my ears are messed up because I can't hear the difference. Uh, and I and I haven't been able to like. I was expecting something, and when I put this, when I put it on, I'm like, what am I supposed to hear? I, I don't know what I'm supposed to look out for. So I don't know if. If I'm not doing it right, or the game doesn't do it well enough, but because yeah, because here's the thing, right? The I we talked about this earlier in the year when um, Mark Cerny did the whole breakdown thing, right? On uh, you know the GDC talk thing that he had, and the and outside of um, the curiosity about the DualSense controller, um, that was the other thing that really got me excited because. The way that they were explaining how the 3D sound was supposed to work is that um, it is all-encompassing and, um, you know, they take the profile thing so that it it is accustomed to your ears because everybody's ears are different. That means you're experiencing sound slightly different than other people. Um, that's why they did the profile of, like, a whole bunch of people and they whittled it down to these five profiles. I hope more games use this so that we can actually get a better experience for it. I also kind of hope that you don't necessarily require the Pulse 3D headset because, for example, the headset that I'm using right now is a 7.1 uh, surround uh, headset, which works perfectly fine. Uh, PC games that support surround sound. Mm -hmm. The sound comes in excellent. Um, and I can hear something like coming from behind me or from the side or from really far or from really close. So I was wondering if that experience was the same on the Pulse 3D uh, or if that was if you really could hear like individual screams coming from, you know, left, right, left, right, forward and backwards from your if you hear people walking down the street while you're, you know, zipping past them and stuff like that. But I guess the Sony I, has confirmed that you don't have to have the 3D, the Pulse 3D headset for 3D audio. It will basically work with any headset. Um, so that's a, a benefit. Um, huh. I bought the Pulse 3D headset because one, it's an affordable headset, and two. Uh, oh, how much is it, by the way? I have a new nine euros. Oh, that's actually like the headset easy. I'm using now for my uh, PC is a uh, Steel Series Arctis Seven, which is 170 euros. So um, I was in doubt if I should buy another one of these, 
or if I should just buy the Pulse 3D headset. And then I watched some reviews and they said like, oh, the Pulse 3D is nice, it's affordable. Um, it has good microphones for when you play against friends because it has a dual microphone. So it's also, one is noise canceling. Uh, the funny thing is, is we, we play a lot of Warzone and Call of Duty with a, a couple of friends. And uh, one of them is girlfriend's always talking in the background. And now she's basically non-existent for us. We don't hear her anymore. <laughs> she gets noise canceled out. <laughs> and the oh, thing is, is, is the controller also has a microphone built in. But that's just, I wouldn't recommend using that because it's, it, it is, it's okay. But it's, I mean, another friend of ours has got a PS5 and he was using it while playing Call of Duty. And the whole game, I was like, You're, you sound so strange. I don't know why. You, your voice is weird. You sound extra loud. Your, your audio is clipping. And then eventually it occurred to me that he's just using the microphone in his controller. I said, are you using the microphone in your controller? And I'm like, uh yeah i am and I'm like whoa that's a world of difference it, it's it's okay <laughs> but i wouldn't rely too much on it <laughs> i mean i'm i'm assuming it's okay if you're in a pinch and you don't want to look for your headset or or your headset is like charging or whatever yeah but yeah i mean i think my ears aren't i think i'm not i either didn't pay enough attention to the 3d audio or i might not have set it up properly uh, I am hoping that if I get Demon's Souls, because I think Demon's Souls has a better implementation because there aren't a lot of... It has to, Demon's because Souls, because you have here. to, like, rely on, you know, your surrounding. Yeah, so I, I think Demon's Souls is, is a game that really will shine in it. But obviously, besides the other games that are coming out, like Horizon and God of War. But, I'm not yeah. sure if, if it's just limited to those two games, because I believe that Assassin's Creed Valhalla also implements the uh, 3D audio option. Um, one benefit of the PlayStation 5 is there are certain settings that you normally would adjust in games that are now on system level uh, changed in the system settings of the game, uh, of the PlayStation. So, for example, if you want to turn on HDR, it's now set up in the um, settings of the PlayStation instead of in, in, in the game. Uh, also, if you adjust your um, uh, HDR settings, it's also adjusted in the settings of the PlayStation. And same goes for audio. And what you can do now as well is that that's what I've noticed, is that you can actually um, change in the settings where you've positioned your speakers, and especially your rear speakers. And in my case, I have a soundbar, and I also have two wireless rear speakers that are compatible with that. And they, I have those placed in the back of the room, um, where they are, if you, according to the Dolby settings, they're supposed to be right about uh, head level, uh, slightly to the back, but not as far as I've placed them in the room. What I did is I adjusted... The, their position and there's a really big difference in how well actually i can actually hear objects in the back now um wow. and i've noticed that with assassin's creed valhalla but i've noticed it with spider-man as well i can really precisely pinpoint where something's coming from just by changing that setting i'm using the same speakers as i did with my playstation 4 but simply by changing something like that is a really big difference oh man that's cool yeah, I'm really curious to see what uh, what other games are gonna um, are gonna use it. Uh, I just pulled up really quickly like a list of games that support the 3D audio. Um, so we talked about Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man uh, Remastered supports it, um, Astro's Playroom supports it apparently. Uh, Gran Turismo Seven is gonna support it. Uh, makes sense. Um, Returnal, uh, Destruction All Stars, uh, Demon Souls, of course. Uh, Ratchet and Clank is gonna support it. Uh, and Sackboy, a big adventure, also supports it. I hear Sackboy is really nice. I'm think I'm maybe thinking about getting that one as well. All right. I'm curious to hear to hear about your adventures in the land of black. 
boy. Uh, um, so uh, let's wrap things up. Are there uh, any other things that you guys want to uh, let the let the listeners know that really caught your attention or that people should pay attention to um, with their PlayStation 5 uh, if they already have it or if they don't, if they're thinking about getting it um, in the future? Um, you can charge your controller via USB-C. And oh, it's it's like I'm finally living in the future. I can charge everything with USB-C now. <laughs> oh, that, I'm so that honestly, I kind of wish that they would just bring an updated version of the PlayStation 4 controller that has USB-C because I am so sick and tired of the micro USB cable. Ugh. I'm happy that yeah. they chose USB-C. My, the my, my, has it as well. Uh... My my Switch Pro controller uses USB-C, and I was like so happy that they did that. So you know, it's great to see that more and more technology is using USB-C, and great that Sony's also finally implementing it. Yeah. <laughs> The weird thing is, is uh, I tried to charge it. You can charge it in your PlayStation 4s. And if you put it into sleep mode, uh, it also charges your controller. But you can also use a USB uh, charger for that. But apparently, if I use a more powerful charger than 18 watts, it doesn't charge. Huh? Really weird. Yeah, I thought USB-C would only uh, take the power. It could maximally use. But uh, it, you can't use a charger above 18 watts. Hmm. Maybe, the, maybe the controller itself has a limiter on it? Yeah, but you you think that the way USB is designed, it would only hundred watts yeah. of power. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The manufacturers do weird stuff with their tech sometimes. I have to say that the controller lasts a lot longer than DualShock because the DualShock has a really short life, a battery life, and this one is, wow, basically charge it every. What well, so far? I've only charged it like three times or something. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. I, I love Did it. Did you have like really long playing sessions? Yeah, I mean, um, the other week I played uh, Miles Morales for a couple of hours, and I played uh, Watch Dogs Legion uh, a couple of hours. I played mm. a lot of today, and uh, yeah, I mean, the battery life's pretty good so far. Yeah, I mean, even if that was not the case, the USB C allows for fast charging, so I'm assuming that it, like that even the charge is like really quick. I always charge my controller when I. Like <laughs> evening when I go to bed, I just plug it in. Yeah, that way. Right. I that. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's quiet. It's massive. It's it's I. I mean, I'm happy that I got the digital edition because it doesn't have that hump hump of a disc drive because it makes it even look weirder. But even being slim as it is, it looks so out of place in my living room. <laughs> it's just I, mean, I showed a friend before he got his, and he's like. Wow, that PlayStation literally makes a statement and says, "I'm here. Look at me." And I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm really thinking about make it, uh, uh, spray painting it black because it will hopefully blend in a little bit more. But I mean, it's it's almost like it's staring at me when I'm in my living room, like, "Oh, hey man, hey big guy." And I'm like, "No, I don't." You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know right. how to put it. So I mean, I have to put it where it is. Yeah, true. All right. Um, I think that'll do it for this segment. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you'll uh, hang around, we'll be right back with the uh, next segment. And we're back with the second segment uh, where we are going to be talking about the Xbox Series X in this case. Um, as always, I am joined by my co-host, 
the PlayStation aficionado himself, friend to you and me, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? It's going good. Um, I've been looking forward to this uh, podcast episode because we finally get to talk about the amazing games available on the Xbox Series S and X. And we have a special guest to help us out in that. Uh... Yes, we do. And our special guest for this segment is none other than Gizmo. How are you doing, Gizmo? Hi there, Sean and Maximilian. Thanks for having me today. And yes, yes, we all know we don't have the games, but <laughs> I, have, I have a lot to talk about. So let's jump right into it. Yeah, and, because um, otherwise this would be a really short segment. Yes. I'm going <laughs> to come out with my guns blazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to apologize in advance. Um, I do have a small cough, so uh, I, I probably got a cough a couple of times during this segment, but uh, don't be alarmed. It's not Corona. I tested negative. Yay, <laughs> <it is. laughs> I'll see if I can fix it in post, but uh, if I can't, uh, my apologies as well. But, you know, uh, yeah. The so, strange thing is, is that you can't have a normal sneeze or cough or a running nose anymore without people thinking that you have something like Corona or something. So it's like an innocent cough is if you're in a room with people and you have that people automatically think like, oh no, he has a Rona. I'm like, no, there are other reasons why you can have a running nose. I have an allergy, for example, that causes a running nose, but hey. Yeah, but the but the judgmental views and and, and oh yeah, answers, right. like oh, holy. Yeah. Are you sure the judgmental views is because you have a play the Xbox Series X? Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So a little bit of background. Um, Gizmo got his on launch. He was one of the lucky ones that was able to pre-order it and uh, get it in on launch. Um, so uh, he's being. Uh, playing with his Xbox Series X for about a month now, um, give or take. Yeah, just over a month. Yeah. Um, so w- tell tell us a little bit about your initial uh, initial impressions when you've, you know, when you've set up, how did that experience go? Um, I saw that a, f- a few people had issues uh, when it came to uh, setting up their Xbox uh, Series S or Series X. No, uh, I was indeed one of the lucky few who got it on launch. And um, I was so excited. Uh, I was re- really waiting by the door for the for the delivery guy to, to deliver it. And um, one thing Microsoft really nailed was the presentation of the box. Like, as soon as you open it, the first thing you see is the Series X with uh, a nice packaging, and it's it was really basic, probably just just the same as as the PlayStation. I haven't opened mine yet. I also have a PlayStation Five, but I haven't opened it yet. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> Why? That this was the wrong PlayStation. Why? Man. I mean, people are almost killing each other for a PlayStation. You've been complaining that whole week that you couldn't pick yours up, and now it's still in the box. Yes. <laughs> you. Seriously, you together with Maximilian are like the worst gamers on this planet that I know. For real, hey, 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 hey! It's a conscious choice for me to not pick up a PlayStation Five. No, no, no! You're, you're you don't finish games, so that's why you're. <laughs> hey, I finished a lot of games this year. Oh, only because we're in a pandemic. But seriously, why haven't you unboxed your PlayStation? Okay, the reason why is it better be a good reason because I, I think it's a good reason. I really don't want to get into the 
um, how do you say it? I want to be unfinishing Valhalla before I open up my. But what my are you going to play on the PlayStation Five then, Miles Morales? I have Miles Morales. I'm going to play the remastered version of Spider-Man. Okay. Um, and um, you asked me this question a couple of weeks ago. Why do you have a PlayStation Five? Basically for the exclusives. Okay. Because okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the third-party games on the Series X. That's a conscious uh, decision I made beforehand already. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's why my PlayStation Five is still. But in can the I box. ask why you? So why would you? Why, just because I want to understand. Why do you have two consoles if uh, you can play the third-party games on the PS Five as well? Is it that the Series X is more powerful, or is it? What is it? Because on paper, the Series X is, is more powerful, yes. And okay. um, I'm going to c- come back to that later because the first question was, how was the first initial experience? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, again, it was really smooth. Uh, you connected it with uh, the HDMI 2.1 cable that was delivered with it. And um, yeah, you just log in with your... Xbox, uh, Microsoft account, and from there, from there on, it just syncs the data from your uh, One or One X, and um, yeah, just downloads the the latest updates to the console and and downloads the games that were on uh, on your previous console as well, or not not really, but you can choose right away. Okay, these were on your console. Do you want to have them back or not? And then you can filter it out. And uh, what was also quite smooth was that uh, the controller needed an update as well, and that went over the air. So you did not oh, need cool. to connect it to the controller or anything. It was just OTA and, yeah, really smooth. And, um, yeah, from that moment on, it was like you didn't have to learn new interfaces or anything. It was really like the the, the one and the one X. You just jump in to the games that you wanted to play. And uh, yeah, that was the first thing that really blew me away was was like the the speed of how, how quickly you could jump from Cold State to into uh, a game like Valhalla. All right. Then everything has been going smoothly since. Because uh, the reason why I brought this up is because <coughs> early on, you saw a lot of people online um, well, not a lot of people. There were some people that were like, "Oh, I can't set up my my Xbox," and then they found out that they re- that the Xbox uh, uh, series uh, requires an online connection to set up. Which, what? It I kind of get, but also I'm like, why does a console require an online connection to set up? Because if they if you didn't have an online connection, it just kind of looped. But you just have to have an online connection to set it up. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is so it like you, uh, verifying something or like registering the Xbox? I think or? it's because I think it's because you it, I think it's because you can use the app to set up um mm-hmm. a device. Yeah. So it needs an online connection to verify your account online. Mm, okay. So you can't set it so at least from what I can tell, you can't really set it up without an internet connection because you need to log into your account. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did not set it up with um, with my Xbox app on the phone. I just did it on the console itself. Um, and 
Yeah, in the Netherlands, we are very lucky with a very stable internet connection and, and a high down and upload speed. So I think that was maybe the case in countries that did not have uh, an a, a internet connection as, as well as, as ours. But um, yeah, I did not run into uh, game breaking or, or, or console breaking issues while setting it up. Um, cool. Do you notice any difference in the download speed on the Series X compared to the one of games, for example? I haven't been paying attention to that, to be honest. Okay. Um, and I have it wired, so uh, yeah. Hmm. I think the games still download too slow, in my opinion, because yeah, <laughs> you want no, to play them as soon as possible. Is because on They're the too PS4, slow, or are the games too big? The games are too big. No, but I like on the on the PS4. The reason I'm asking is because on the PS4. It was. It really took a long time oh, to get yeah, things that's in, cool. and on that's the cool. PS Five, it's it's just amazing. It's so fast. So I don't know if Sony either did an infrastructure upgrade or did they because of the SSD, the game can unpack immediately what it gets in. Because besides downloading a game that took long, it also took a long while to copy the game. So I think that maybe that the SSD unpacks it as as soon as it gets stuff in, instead of waiting until it gets everything in, and. Um, I've also noticed like games like Watch Dogs Legion are 35 gigabytes. That's that's not a lot for a game that size. And Miles Morales is around 35 or 40. Um, I have Destiny 2 installed. That's around 50 or 60. And it feels like the, these games are far bigger on the PS4, maybe because they have to both have a PS4 and a PS4 Pro version. Um but the games are actually pretty small on the PS5, which I'm surprised about. I was expecting my hard drive to fill up, but uh, I don't know if it's the same on the Xbox. Uh, I'm not hearing you, Gizmo. Are you hearing him? I'm not hearing him, and I don't think he's hearing us either. Your uh, so... audio got out. Uh... Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, well, <laughs> at this moment, I only have four games installed on my Series X and they were all downloads and of course you had to wait but it, it was still quite quick um, I started the download for Valhalla, for Gears 5 for Batman Arkham Knight and The Witcher 3 and yeah I just put the download on and watched a few episodes of whatever series on on uh, Netflix it was a comedy so it was 20 minutes 25 minutes per episode and after i think three or so, three or so episodes um three or four games were already uh, downloaded so it was quite quick but yeah like i said i have it on uh, on a wire do you get an update a notification on your phone when a game is done downloading for example in the Xbox app or do you, don't you have the I don't have my notifications on, so ah okay. And with the with the PS4 and the five with the new PlayStation app, when a game is done downloading and it's ready to play, you just receive a notification on your phone saying, "Hey, the game is now ready to play," which is amazing. Is that really? what, yeah? I mean, I've, I've noticed it on the PS5. I was installing uh, Battlefield Five yesterday, and I was watching some YouTube in the meantime, and my PlayStation was in rest mode, and I got a notification, and I was like, "Hey." Uh, Battlefield's ready to play. I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. Hmm. 
Nice. Maybe it's on the Xbox app as well, but as I said, I don't have my notifications on. So. No Xbox on for you. Not anymore. I really love that feature with the with the Connect when did I got home. You did home. a lot. I did it like every time. I as soon as I opened the door, like Xbox on, and I heard oh, and my nice. TV went on, and my sound system went on, and my Xbox went on, and I was like. We'll really? probably get a copyright strike for him impersonating the Xbox startup sound because it was like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sounds from the Xbox startup are not mine. <laughs> I do not hold the rights to it. <laughs> All right. So, so um, yeah. you you said you've, you've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, and did you, that you downloaded a bunch of other games. Uh, what other games have you been playing outside of uh, Valhalla? I booted up Gears Five because I do uh, the Gears series with my with my cousin online, uh, and we already uh, finished that campaign the first time around. But we both have a Series X, so we wanted to see what uh, what difference it was on uh, on the Series X. And my God. It blew me away. Uh, like the first five minutes in the game, you you have a small cutscene which is not that impressive in my in my opinion. But then you cut to the gameplay, and uh, for the people who've played the game, you upsell down to a, to a puddle of water <clears throat> with a with a waterfall and everything, and the reflection in the water is like so amazing. The funny thing was, I was looking at uh, my cousin's character, and I saw him looking downwards, like, "Holy, what the! This water is amazing." Yeah. And then I did the same, and it was like I think we were like two minutes walking around with our heads down towards the water, while <laughs> the reflections were playing out. And then at a moment, you look towards the waterfall, and you see the rainbow. And uh, yeah, it it. I didn't think it was, I didn't believe it was going to be that much a difference. Um, but uh, of course, I come from a, from a original Xbox One. So it was a really big, uh, yeah, difference and an awesome moment, especially when it came to the speed of the loading time. But uh, yeah, the visuals were like amazing. And uh so we played, I think, two or three acts that that day, and um, yeah, it 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 really blew me away what what the coalition did with uh, with the power of the Series X at that moment, and and I believe they just updated Gears Five again to have it even more smooth out uh, uh, when it comes to frame drops or not, and I believe Digital Foundry did a did a piece on that that. They had some complaints uh, when Gears 5 came out the first time, and they discussed this with uh, with digital uh, no with with the coalition, and, and they just updated Gears 5 to tackle those issues. So uh, the game runs almost perfectly, 60 frames per second on 4K with uh, uh, ray tracing and everything enabled. Almost perfectly 60. Yeah, like. Every now and then in a cutscene, there. I, but, but but I thought the Xbox Series X was you know like the best ever, and you know bumps out everything to awesomeness. It is, but it, it had some like 
one or two missing frames in a cutscene. But when it, when it, when it was in gameplay, it, it runs 30, 60 frames smoothly. It, it just, when it comes to cutscenes, then you have like minor, minor frame drops, like one or two. But when it when it comes to gameplay, it, it's smooth sixty. All right. Did you have you tried playing the multiplayer? Because that one, of course, they're touting the one hundred and twenty frames per second. Do you actually? Before we even get into that, do you have a TV that or a monitor that's compatible with one hundred twenty no. frames per second? I have. Uh, I have a C8. So you wouldn't even be able to te- test that. No, no. Uh, My cousin, however, has has a has a one hundred. Uh, he has a CX or C ten. And he did try to the he tried the 120 frames mode, but the difference between 60 and 120 is less than 30 and 60, which was expected. To be honest, uh, I, at least I, I I thought it was going to be that uh, that small of a difference, but. Um, yeah, said you do you do see in some segments that you have 120 frames, but overall you don't you don't really see the difference. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense because the human eye itself can only capture so many frames a second. So at a certain point, I guess one would say it becomes meaningless, but the whole point of 120 frames is that even if there are frames dropped, you wouldn't notice that the frames were dropped because the it would still essentially be smooth. So I guess that's the whole point behind the whole 120 frames per second thing. Um, so outside of uh gears five uh any other games that you've tackled have you tried the backwards compatibility um with like xbox 360 games or original xbox games um through like game pass or whatever no not yet uh because i was focused i'm really focusing on finishing Valhalla at the moment um but uh one of the games i downloaded is the witcher 3 which is a back compatible game so uh as soon as i finish Valhalla, i'm gonna dip my toe into the witcher 3 just to see how that runs on on the series x but um yeah after after Valhalla, it's gonna be uh unboxing my playstation 5 and playing spider-man and miles morales so uh uh, you're are, are you anywhere close to conquering england then not really. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So if that's not the case, then how far are you into the game? Let me check for you. You know oh, how gosh. he is. You know he's a completionist. So he's probably <laughs> not, uh, not going to touch the PS5. HCs are terrible games to complete because it takes so long. <laughs> if you're a completionist, then you will like squeeze every penny out of that game. Yeah, sure, if it's like your only purchase for the year. Well, okay, I guess for some people it is, and I guess it's better than saying FIFA is your one purchase of the year. So Um, I am 50 hours in, and I am 37.49% of total progress. Okay, so that PlayStation 5 is not coming out of the box until somewhere next year. Oh, that's that's a total progress, not, not like main story. So... 
Oh, oh, oh! So the main story is like more or less? Less. It's less. It's less. Oh my goodness! With, uh, Odyssey, you could also uh, finish it uh, without. I finished Odyssey without seeing the whole map. There were still parts that had like uh, were undiscovered. Uh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So that's not going to happen with me. But how is the, <laughs> the the performance and the stability? I mean, I've heard enough stories from uh, from Robin and from another guy I know that. Uh, another friend that says that is like is playable but robin said that his wife is playing a lot of valhalla he's skipping out on valhalla now and it's, it has quests not being activated a lot of bugs in it uh visual issues um is that uh, is that also in the xbox or just to be clear so robin's wife is playing on the playstation 5 right yes yeah i haven't had any issues on my series x okay <laughs> I knew you were gonna bring that up that way. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm that elite uh, Series X uh, player. I we have a big Tara flop amount. It's so great, uh, but we don't have the games. But we will get that in two years. <laughs> yes, we do. But then, when we get there, we will blow you all so away. No, no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> yes, that's you only have. Oh man. Um so all right so with that at least that out of the way at least we know that for Xbox players because I will say this I haven't seen the same complaints that PlayStation players had for uh Assassin's Creed Valhalla so I at least this scans um are you- I do I do have to say though there were some um issues or not not really issues but screen tearing in 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 cutscenes, uh, where you saw the the frame drop like massively, but um, after the last update from Ubisoft, I only had it once yesterday, and for for the rest of the gameplay, I didn't see any screen tearing anymore or uh, ghosting or anything. So I think they tackled pretty much the biggest issues that were there at launch. <clears throat> but again, I did not have any game-breaking bugs. I did run into small bugs like uh, unable to walk up a stair, but then you just walk back and run up the stairs again, and you're still there where you want to be. But not 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 game-breaking bugs like quest not starting or uh, NPCs not responding to your input or anything. Hmm. All right. Uh, at least that's something. Um, that's something better. Uh, so, I, I do have to ask, since you're in squarely in Xbox camp, uh, were you one of the many fans waiting for uh, Halo Infinite? I think we discussed this in our previous podcast. I but think we did, but player. I'm not a first-person shooter player. He gets yeah, boosting but... sickness from FPS games. Oh, right. Yeah. But I do, I, I mean, do have I mean, to say. For some people, like, this is the first time they're listening to a podcast. Uh, if you are, by the way, thank you for listening. And uh, please uh, share along with your uh, friends uh, who might enjoy this podcast as well. But, yeah. Um, right. So, you uh, can't play first-person shooters. I cannot binge game first-person shooters. I can do that in short segments. So 
I am gonna try my uh, uh, my hand at Cyberpunk after um, the next gen update is out. It'll take a couple of months, but Ooh, that's that's not that it's gotta be anytime soon. Gives me plenty like, of time to like finish. You know, the funny thing about Cyberpunk is, is I, I'm playing it in first person, but I, I don't know if the game is going to get mod support. I hope it does, because I would love to play that game in, in third person, because I think person. it would be an amazing game in third person as well. Yeah, I yeah. was so bummed out that, because CD Projekt Red is known for The Witcher, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's a third person action game. I was like, oh, there's going to be such an action game. For, uh, immersion uh, this time, and that's why they chose it at first person. Yeah, and then I said it's first person after. Well, uh-huh. I can give you the option like Skyrim does or Fallout does. I mean, you can switch camera. Yeah. Oh, but be... to be fair, those those two games don't handle third person cameras that great either. Yeah. I mean, they're not the best third person cameras, uh, and you can really tell because you you really can't tell with those games that the the engine was made with first person in mind, and then they kind of shoehorned it in. So I understand why they didn't want to shoehorn in a third-person camera um, in a in a in there, even though it's basically the same engine that they used for uh, The Witcher, um, yeah. The Witcher Three. Uh, so it's kind of weird that they wouldn't do that, but who knows? Maybe maybe the mod community will be able to do something about it. Wouldn't it be oh, wouldn't it be so terrible if the mod community actually was able to fix the game before CD Projekt Red was? I don't think that's possible. But, uh... <laughs> no, but the, the I've, issue I've is seen more them, like I'm the seeing consoles, them fix right? other games. So yeah, just I'm just saying I've I've seen I've seen modders like fix other games like Fallout Four and and uh, and Skyrim. So I think, yeah, but um, the thing is, oh, that and the of course with... the legendary fix for the PC version of Dark Souls. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what yeah. happened there. Yeah, that that was really hilarious because that game did not run well on PC at all. Like the frame rate was really bad, and then someone like literally fixed some code in a in an any file for the PC version, and that fixed the frame rate. Wow! You're playing Cyberpunk on a PC, right, Sean? Yes. Do you have the issue that the legacy edition or legacy consoles have, like? No, I have because I'm playing it on PC. You can clearly see that CD Projekt Red it was envisioned as a PC game, and I think that the idea was well, before the the next gen consoles were even in the picture. They were like, okay, but we have this huge console install base we're missing out on. So if we don't release a game on the console, we'll just miss out on millions of of players. And then they heard, hey, there's a PS5 and an Xbox Series X coming out. Oh, crap, we need to do that as well. But on PC, I'm running it on high settings in 4K. I have DLSS on an auto, and it runs at 80 frames per second. And the only issues I'm having with the game is that um, there's bugs like preventing me to do certain things. So I was, it was, it was hacking during a mission, and then I couldn't get out of hacking mode. So I had to quit the game or reload my save. Um, or other minor issues like my character has hair on his head. When you look into the mirror, he's bald. <coughs> or uh, in one of the cutscenes, your your friend Jackie is eating. It's not even a cutscene. It's just a, a dialogue. He's eating noodles, 
and then his hand uh, has chopsticks in it. And then when it's he's not moving his hands, he has two chopsticks in it. And when he moves his hand, one hand stays in place and there's an, another hand on top of it moving, making it look like he has four chopsticks or that his chopsticks kind of transform into something. Um, it, it's like minor things like that. I, I haven't put in a lot of hours yet. I'm only six hours in and I'm kind of waiting for them to do another round of patching because... Um, I really just want to enjoy the game without having any issues. I know people that have put in like 30 hours and are enjoying it. Um, yeah, I'm just, I don't mind because I have enough to play as well on the PlayStation. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm even thinking about getting it on the PS5 when the next gen edition comes out. Cool. Um, there is one more thing I want to I ask, and that is um, we, we talked about backwards compatibility. But there's also another feature that they touted, and that is, of course, um, well, quick resume. Quick resume. Um, have you been able to use that? And what has what your experience been with the quick resume? It's quick. Wow. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> mind elaborating? No, no, uh, it, it is really quick. Like, um, I only use it between Valhalla and Gears 5. Um, and I did not put a timer on it, but for me, it felt like blink twice and, and you're there. Mm. Um, so that that really, uh, that really helps gameplay in such a way that if my cousin asks me, hey, do you want to play uh, a session of Ge Gears 5 while I'm well, I'm in Valhalla. I know that he'll be booted up in 10 seconds from cold boot, and I'll be there in the same time uh, from Valhalla to, to Gears 5. Um, so, yeah, that's something that really works well for, for what I have done for so far. I did not try to max it out as, as other players have. Like, let's see how many games I can quick resume because, uh, yeah, I don't see the advantage in that. Because why would you want to play seven games at at the same time? But um, I don't know different versions of Farming Simulator. <laughs> it's funny. I always I laugh about those games, but those games are actually pretty popular. Oh I mean, yeah, they bring oh, out yeah. a, a new game every year. I mean, you wouldn't be able to do that if the game wasn't popular. Apparently, it's really popular in Germany. Yeah. Oh yeah, like ridiculous. you wouldn't believe because I've worked for the Media Markt in in Groningen, which is according to Dutch people, really close to the German border, which is not. No. But, um, no. Uh, not even the middle. No. Uh, but there, we had a big section for just the simulator games, and it you, you could not... It, there was a game that you, you would not think of normally, but there it was there. Like, uh, yeah, of course, you have the train simulator, you have this farming simulator, but you also had, like, the garbage truck simulator. I'm like, what? But, but why? Oh, I haven't heard of that one before. Yeah. <laughs> and and and, and like changed this uh, podcast into just focusing on that stuff. <laughs> I found a niche. Yes, <laughs> but and, and yeah. they they were not selling slow. It's like the day uh, farming simulator 2000 whatever came out. It was like. It was really stereotypical. We had maybe 20 or 30 games on shelf. And of those 30 games, we picked up by 20 farmers. 
<laughs> but I, don't, I mean, I respect, I respect all kinds of professions. The only thing I wonder is, is why would you want to simulate your own profession? Because you can literally do it and you don't have to simulate it. So why would you want to do that? Or is it like the with the exception of pilots, I would get, I get why pilots would might want to pick up, yeah. um, you know, flight simulator Absolutely. because, you know, it, an actual simulator is ridiculously expensive in a bike book thing and whatever. But why farming? Is it like uh, <laughs> oh, my tractor is super old, but in this game I can drive a newer tractor I, I or something like that? that? That's part of the charm, but also like, um, yeah, when, you, when you're a farmer in the Netherlands, you're, I think, quite limited because this is your farm. And you're not able to expand it because next to you there's another farm and behind you is another farm. I and, think it's and... also I think it's also because they they get to use farm equipment that they might be interested in and see how it works. Yeah, I mean that's, that's yeah. I want so that makes me wonder how how well simulated these machinery are. Like are they a hundred percent or close to a hundred percent representative of what what they are in real life. I Wow, I have so many questions now about that. I think I'm actually going to try to look it up on YouTube uh, in a couple uh, of days. Why, why not ask uh, around and see if you have somebody in your uh, your vicinity that, that has a farming simulator or something? That's a good one. I do not know any farmers, but wow, that is an interesting thing to look at. You have into. a lot of followers now, so you can drop the question. Maybe we're going to ask it on Instagram. I don't know. Yeah. Like, do you do you know anybody who is playing farming simulator and can us, can tell us more about it in the, in an episode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I really I'm gonna look into that that uh, garbage truck simulator because that sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was like um, if if you ever been to the media market, you have like. Uh, shells of a meter wide and and sometimes maybe a meter high or, or one and a half meter high and we really had a segment of one by one and a half for just simulators i was like but why yeah, yeah it's so strange. But every week we had we had a, a delivery of like 30 or 40 discs of different simulators and, and we fill it up and, and a week later it's gone and you have to fill it up again and it's so Ow. strange. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm discovering a whole new world here. I mean, it's, I don't know. And I like figuring out that something like the dark web exists and you kind of try to figure out what's going on there. Mm. It's like, oh, the dark simulator web. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I have a question about the Xbox because we've mentioned this before. And like, I love the idea around Game Pass. And... It offers tremendous value. I think they're even add, they've even started to add the Bethesda games to it, or are adding it. I saw something about it, but like the thing I wonder is, you mentioned you bought your PS5 for the exclusives, you bought your Xbox Series X for third-party games, um, but for example, I was I was actually thinking like, oh, maybe I should buy an Xbox Series S. But then I came in this, the other thought that immediately pops up is just like, okay, but which games am I going to play on it? And I might as well then buy an Xbox Series X because then I have games that run better. But still, it feels like when I had my Switch that I that I won't touch it and I'll just leave it sitting there. Because when I had a 1S, 
I, I played Forza Horizon on it. I played Rise on Rome on it. And basically never touched it again and eventually just sold it because it was, I felt guilty that it's just sitting there looking at me and I'm not using it. So I'm kind of like, we, we've seen what Xbox is going to do next year. Besides Halo Infinite, which is coming out in the fall, they have one other big title. And besides that, they haven't announced anything yet. But based on what we're seeing, it's going to be a lot of either smaller titles or or indie titles or a lot of third party titles and then I'm like okay is is the the Xbox come out at the right moment or um how how will you kind of justify for yourself having spent $500 on or euros on a console saying like hey okay but if I don't use it that often or if I play third party games on it which you can also do on your PS5 and what we're seeing now is that all those games are running better on the PS5 than on the Series X because developers are not taking the time to optimize it for the Series X. Well, thank you for <clears throat> uh for that question. Uh I do have a theory. <laughs> no, no. Um the reason why I have my Series X is indeed for the third party and the PlayStation 5 mainly for the exclusives because at this moment you are right. PlayStation has the advantage when it comes to the exclusives with uh, Horizon, uh, Forbidden West, God of War, um, yeah, Spider-Man, of course, uh, and and we all know Spider-Man Two is going to be announced any anytime soon. Um, I mean, but... Sony has said that they're going to bring more exclusives. What you saw with the PS4 is that the the real big great exclusives started to appear during mid cycle. But Sony has said now, like, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to bring a lot of big exclusives to the front of the cycle. So, like, early on, you will see a lot of big games. And I think that they're kind of doing that with um, with God of War. They're doing that with uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, there is a rumor floating around, and I don't know to what uh, to what extent it is true, but it's, it's basically that Sony apparently has a whole stable of games lined up that they didn't announce because they were kind of using it as ammo, to put it that way, to counter Halo Infinite when it was supposed to come out this year. Uh, but because Halo Infinite got postponed, Sony didn't use it and said, like, okay, we, then there's no reason for us to announce all those games in one go because we can just spread it out and kind of create this, this, this momentum saying, like, okay, but hey, we have this game coming out then. And then a month later, they announce another one and then another one. For example... The rumor is Bluepoint is working on an MGS1 remake uh, and that would just blow everything out of the water because everybody's waiting for it and it would be exclusive for PS5. And I'm like, you know, it, it, I know Microsoft has a master plan and in the end, I think they'll be able to, to be the most profitable because they have Game Pass. But I wonder if people are not going to just switch off their Game Pass because there's basically nothing interesting coming to it because eventually they've just played the most... I interesting content on it hmm. to be honest i don't have a clear answer to that but okay. i do that's believe okay. that uh, huh that's okay that's why we're having this discussion because yeah. i just i genuinely want to kind of get more insight into it because i look I, everything from a tony point of view i do believe that um microsoft does have what you said a master plan and um at this moment i think they're both kind of playing chicken, in a sense. Like, <laughs> um, which titles are we? Which which series of titles are we going to announce to blow the other party away? Yeah. But 
also the thing is that uh, Phil, Phil Knight, no Phil Schiller, Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Holy shit! <laughs> Phil Schiller. Those are two completely different people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one is Apple and one is Nike. Hmm. <laughs> but Phil Spencer, yeah, um, he already said like it really doesn't matter in a sense to 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 which games you play where as long as you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that Halo Infinite is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh. They already announced Fable and they announced Perfect Dark There's remake. A coming. Hmm? There's a new Forza coming. And indeed a new Forza and um, the sequel to uh, Hellblade or Senua's Revenge. Something Senua's was also... Uh, it's also exclusive to Microsoft, yeah, yeah, which was yeah. a really uh, underappreciated game in the beginning, but later on it caught on and and uh, yeah, got the attention it deserved. But I do believe that indeed, in two three years' times, the level of exclusives will be the same. On it would have been too late by then because the install base of the PlayStation would have been so big because of all the games out there already that it's that they'll end up in the same situation well, with the previous generation. If, if you're really honest, which exclusives are there for now? You have God of War, you have Forbidden Horizon, uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. You have Ratchet and Clank. Yes. And Grand Turismo. We have Kenna, uh, Soul Bridges of Soul of Bridges or Bridge of Souls. That's we a time exclusive. Yeah, but it's still an exclusive. I mean, and it's also coming to PC, but still. And then we have Returnal, which kind of looks like Mass Effect meets uh, Alien. Um, we have that game. Well, we'll probably get Spider-Man Two uh, further down. That's the not announced yet. So yeah, if you're only talking about announced games, I think we have like five or six, which we are getting next year, which is. Still more, like four, more, four or five more than. It, yeah, but like the, the way yeah. you're describing it, it almost sounds like it would. I would question if Microsoft makes a new console after this generation, and if they don't just transition into a model where they're basically a publisher and which they have kind of a service in the way of Stadia, but but better, because mm-hmm. it it really looks like that is that with the whole vision and the whole message they're communicating. I wonder if it's one useful for them to be a console manufacturer and two if it's a business they should stay in because i mean i love the vision i I love the idea around hey um you can play whatever you want to play we we want to encourage that i mean there are rumors floating around that they're going to introduce an xbox app on smart tvs so that people can just play through xcloud which is again i applaud all these efforts um, I just wonder if they can still keep justifying people to spend 500 euros on a console if you can get into all these games for far less with less expensive hardware. Yeah, really. If you don't have the answer, it's just my thoughts. Yeah, it's 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 a good uh, a good thought uh, thought process, and and yeah, of course, I hope that they will. Announce more games that that are really, really going to blow the whole community away. Oh, I, uh, I but, but, but at this moment, yeah, I I haven't heard any rumors besides like that uh, that they are busy with uh, the projects. And of course, the the purchase of Bethesda has has done yeah. a lot of 
Yeah. You can always Shit, turn out a new you. Skyrim remaster with 8K graphics on a Xbox Series <laughs> X. <laughs> yeah, just like Take Two did with <laughs> GTA Five. Yeah, with GTA. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I I think that um, you already mentioned that at this moment in time, third-party games are running better on uh, PlayStation Five, which is uh, which is good thing for for the Sony. Uh, Sony can, but I do have my theory about it. I don't know if, if you've discussed this with with uh, with each other already, but there were signs and and messages on the internet that there was not a big difference in between developing for the PlayStation Five in comparison to the PlayStation Four. Um, but they did have some learning curve when it when it came to developing for the Series X and uh, the One X, so to say. Okay. Um, I think the bigger issue was um, developing for the Series S specifically. And they have to downscale a game, which kind of limits them because they can't go all out, apparently. Mm -hmm. And also that dev kits were sent out far later to developers for the Xbox Series S and X compared to the PlayStation 5. So maybe this is a situation that will kind of rectify itself as time passes on. Mm-hmm. I do think that the Series X might kind of hold people back, kind of like the One and the PS4 are doing right now, because you you just can't develop with going all out. You have to keep constant variables in mind and say, oh, what will this run on the PS4 or will this run on the Series S or will this run on the One? Yes. Yeah. Um, but, okay, I did not... Um... Well, I did read the the parts that the the dev kits were sent out a bit later, but I think that there's also there's a difference in in programming language when it comes to uh, PlayStation Four versus PlayStation Five and Xbox One X versus Series S X, and that there was still a bit of a learning curve in that sense that um, developers were quicker to um, Write the the write the codes for the PlayStation Five versions, yeah. rather because they already had like eighty percent of the, the the code written for the PlayStation Four version, and had to optimize it for the PlayStation Five, and that there was a bit more work to be done between the One X code and the Series S and the Series X code. At least that I've read like four or five articles from developers, separate developers that that. Um, yeah, had this this idea, and I believe that as soon as that learning curve has been flattened out on both sides, that um, third-party games will look better and run smoother on a Series X because of the uh, yeah because of the raw power that is that's on paper already there, but not utilized optima optimal at the moment by the third-party developers. And of course, you have the the, the coalition and and people three industries, and hopefully soon Bethesda that are. I have no doubt that the first party will utilize it. I think that that's for both consoles. That first party will really show off what the console yeah. can do. I just wonder if third party, because you're seeing that now with the PlayStation with the DualSense, is that. Third, I wonder if third party is not going to take the easy approach and say like, oh, well, you know what? If it runs on the PS5 and we can easily port it over to the Xbox Series X and it just works, why put extra effort into it to 
squeeze every ounce of power out of it because we already have a running version. Let's use that time to polish the game so that it's less buggy. But, I mean, you see that with the DualSense right now that the Sony games really use it. Not not fullest, but to a certain extent, they use more features of it. Whereas when Watch Dogs Legion, besides normal rumble that you have, which would be available in the PS4 version, the only spot I've noticed uh, the triggers working, for example, is when shooting with a gun. And that's the only place. Not when I'm driving, not when I'm hitting with my car against objects. At, at moments like that, it feels like a six-axis controller. There's literally nothing happening. And I wonder if the, if that's not going to be like a similar approach, both for the DualSense as for the Series X's extra hardware uh, capabilities that are like, runs it runs, and, you know, let's just throw it out there. Because we don't care if people compare these games. People just want to play the game, right? Because you would also expect Cyberpunk to be a lot better optimized and run better on the Series X. And I'm really curious to see and what difference the, the Series X next-gen version will bring, if they're going to actually utilize that, or just going to say, like, well, it runs on the PS5, it runs on the X. Mm. That's my developer voice. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> There's one developer now out there like, Holy! It's like it's like I'm hearing myself, <laughs> <laughs> or like a lot. <laughs> no, but like I mean, I think it's always it's. A, I think especially this last few years, it's been a great time to be a gamer, and I think looking ahead, it's going to be an even better time to be a gamer. And you know, I think that console wars and fanboyism and stuff like that is is it's a thing of the past. You know, it's it's kind of fading away because. Gaming is accessible to everyone, and uh, gaming brings everyone together. That's the beauty of it. And you have people yeah, playing okay. on mobile. I mean, I, I see whole followings playing Call of Duty mobile on a, on, a, on a tablet or a smartphone, and I feel like, why would you want to do that? You mean, why don't you play it on a console? But they enjoy it that way. They just have fun that way. So I think that that because gaming has grown in this all big, inclusive, inclusive to a certain extent community, fanboyism and camps and stuff like that don't matter anymore um it, it does make for good tv and good podcasting to kind of approach that angle Still have that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know like i think that's that's great i mean yeah mm-hmm. and i'm looking yeah. really looking forward to see microsoft show up then because i think they can come up with some really great games uh, i've and i've said it before when uh the the, the Xbox Series consoles is a ridiculous uh, value, especially the Series X, if you think in terms of combining it with Game Pass. Because yeah. especially now, with them adding the whole Bethesda uh, and ZeniMax library to their pantheon of games, they have so much to offer right now that essentially will either be exclusive or will be first on xbox so looking into that in the to the future i think microsoft is going to be fine i think the xbox as a brand is going to be fine um they they've committed as of this point into bringing out consoles in the future what that's going to look like who knows um but i can see i can see people enjoying what they can play on it um, in the years to come. I don't know if 2021 is going to be that for Xbox. I don't even know if that's going to be that for the PlayStation 5 at this point. Nobody knows. 
Um, heck, we don't even know what it's going to look like for Nintendo. Um, they're going to well, hopefully they'll, Nintendo will release a new something. system. Yeah, they have to. I think something. next year is going to be Nintendo's year and Microsoft and Sony are going to play the, well, you can buy a new console or you can just buy games on your existing next-gen console. I think, well, at least for Microsoft, I think their play, their long play is just Game Pass. Yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. be Game Pass, especially yeah. since it's coming to PC now as yeah. well. Or not PC, it's already on PC. I mean, now that xCloud has been announced for PC, which, yes. Has it been announced? And iOS. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was announced that um, the, the PC, they're working on the, 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 the PC version and the uh, and the uh, and the iOS version is are in the works. I think something um, like an iOS version will give XCloud a huge boost because mm-hmm. yeah. it's one of the, the the biggest ecosystems out there. Um, I don't know what the numbers are for uh, for Android right now, but I think uh, th- th- these are articles that I've seen in the past that uh, people on iOS tend to spend more money on the App Store than on uh, an Android. I don't know why, but um, We'll yeah, but realize that that XCloud is not like a store or anything. It's just a place where they can play games. Yeah, but like um, the, and, the subscription, there'll probably be like a paid subscription behind it. Well, XCloud is a part game of is, is, XCloud is a part of Game Pass Ultimate. So, yeah. uh, so if you want XCloud on your PC or on iOS or on Android, um, you, have you to need to have to, you have to get Game Pass Ultimate. Otherwise, you won't be able to experience XCloud. Um, it's going to be and the that's same. perfect because, yeah. because that's that's why I'm saying that for the long term, your Xbox Series console is great because if you get Ultimate, you can play it on a mobile device. You can play it on your PC. If you don't have a PC that's powerful enough, you can play it through xCloud or you can play it on one of your Series consoles. That's ridiculous. That is actually really brilliant. Plus, they also offer cross uh, cross saves for the games that offer it. You're done. That is that is almost that is almost checkmate. The only question is is Xbox slash Microsoft going to stick the landing? You, you need the games. The games will. Well, not yet. Yeah, yeah, sticking yeah. the landing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they will. The games, they will. Of course. But... but I think what what um, Max touched upon is like you can get a pre. Who, who touched um, on what now? Oh. <laughs> We're, we're I think it's on Xbox Insider, uh, Max. right? I've seen him on Twitter or something. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, we're, we're we're Maximilian uh, was uh, <laughs> mentioning about the Game Pass. If you ha- do have the service and you do have an Android or um, if you have it on your smart TV, that's maybe a preview of what you can get on uh, on a Series S or a Series X. And that might give the people incentive to buy that console because they want to have the full experience of a set game. Um, and just, uh, yeah, if, if they if they stick the landing with enough games, uh, there are enough games, but the exclusive ones, because they have, yeah, that's that's really the... the, the I'm genuinely thing, scared yeah. that they're, because they're not done buying studios. And I'm genuinely scared in a in a good way for Xbox players that they've set their sights on Japan right now because they don't own any Japan-based studios. And I'm afraid that they're going to swoop in and either buy something like a From Software or that they're going to buy a Square Enix and that they're going to say like, okay, but now we have all our bases covered. You want JRPGs? We got you. You want first shooters? We got you. You want racing? We got you. Because they, 
uh, if you look at Sony Stable, for example, they have a lot of single player experiences, which are great. And I think that the focus for them this generation is multiplayer gaming. But um, I, I'm afraid Microsoft's going to swoop in and, and just make some acquisitions simply and because they have the money for it. And uh, then uh, it's an even better place for Xbox gamers. And they already did like explore that side because with uh, Minecraft, Maximilian already mentioned that in a, in a previous podcast, is really huge in Japan. Yeah. Which is, I did not know. I didn't know that. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it is it's, it's humongous over there. And yeah, Microsoft already has Mojang. And, and with yeah. that in mind, you, you, you instantly have a player base of millions of players on PC, but also potentially on, on, on your Series X. Imagine Final Fantasy going exclusive for Xbox. I mean, wow! My heart would break. That's 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 worse than what what Square did back in the nineties to Nintendo fans. Man, that's even worse than that. That at least had some. That, that at least that at least had the option of them returning someday, which they did. But this, if they, oh no, no, no I would be I, so happy. I, I would be so sad. <laughs> would so well, why would you be so happy? Because you also have a PlayStation you could play it on, so you have both worlds. Yeah, which you is just want, uh, you prefer the Xbox? Is that it? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's and okay. and and maybe it's 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 something we we won't be able to answer for the next few years. But I do believe that the extra power that is within the Series X will eventually come on top. When it comes to not only graphics but also loading times and and uh, performance overall, um, and and that's that's something I really hope for the next few years, just for both Sony and and Microsoft that they don't have to make uh, things optional. Like, do you want to have ray tracing? That's fine, but then you have to give up to sixty frames per second. Do you want to have sixty frames? Then you have to give up ray tracing. I hope that developers will, uh, how do you say it, be, become better at developing the games that they don't have to opt in or opt out for certain features. Well, I think that will, because if you look at Spider-Man, they, it, there was an update that came out last week that introduces ray tracing with 60 FPS. Yeah, the, the game drops to, I think, 1440p. You're yeah. not playing in 4K, but it's still... I mean, I played... My my second playthrough of Miles Morales was on the whole 60 ray tracing. And um, I, I didn't... It, it didn't feel like I was playing a lesser game visually. I was, still was amazed by how, how amazing the game looked. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, as, as time passes on, developers... Ray tracing is pretty new for console gaming. We've had it on the PC, but only in the form of RTX, so a, a, a NVIDIA technology. And a lot of games have it. Now that AMD has come out with ray tracing cards, I think it will become a more broader standard. And it's also new on console. So I think a lot of people will eventually start to use that. And then we'll, like in two years' time, we'll have more options than just reflections. We'll have more ray tracing options in games. And it would be more of a standard, just like HDR is now a standard. Yeah, let's hope that the Unreal Engine 5 will be um, utilized in the way that was done in the demo. Oh, I hope so. That looked amazing. Mm. Ooh, imagine how Gear 6 would look like with Unreal 5. Oh, well, we'll probably find out in two or three years. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully sooner. <laughs> don't, don't get your up. Yeah, man, be a little bit more realistic. Oh, Gears 5 is already... Two years? Three, two years, three years old by, yeah. by then. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll but see. Again, I'm really, really happy with, with my Series X and Somehow, somehow, I'm also very excited for my PlayStation Five. But um, yeah, my main console will be the Series X. That's okay, as long as you play Astro first when you fire up your PS Five. That I'll that, do. Astro is really cool. That that is the recommendation from everyone, and um, yeah, it seems it seems like there's some really genuinely cool stuff going on with there. But uh, we'll get into that in the other segment. So. Uh, um yeah so as as a final point uh gizmo do you have uh anything else that you would like to share about your xbox uh series x experience that uh, you want to leave uh, the listeners with um well to be honest i'm really really happy with uh with what i have been playing so far um and i hope that in the coming months i'll be able to explore more games that are either on Game Pass or that I still have as uh, my backlog. So let's, uh, which gives me the chance to um, really test out the backwards compatibility on on the Series X. Um, But yes, like like Sean Temper mentioned, I'm one of the lucky few who have both the PlayStation 5 and the Series X. Um, So uh, for me as a gamer, this is like the best time ever. (laughs) <laughs> I can play the games I want on both consoles and and enjoy them in in full 4K and 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think that's it then. That's it. Yeah. So uh, stick around, and we'll be right back with the segment. And we're back with, of course, what we've been playing. Sean Templar, what have you been playing? Uh, I've actually had a really productive week this week around gaming and, and finishing games. I had some time off, so I finished Miles Morales, and then I jumped back in to get the Platinum Trophy, so I got it the day after. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a really fan of the Spider-Man games in general. Uh, Miles Morales is, is really nice. It it adds something to the Spider-Man universe on the PlayStation. Um, the combat is really satisfying, kind of that Arkham Knight kind of combat. Um, swinging through the city is just really nice. It's so much fun. That that sense of speed and the acrobatics is just really nice. Um, uh, the, the funny thing is that, and I mentioned this in the last episode, is that um, there's so much collectible stuff in the game that it almost felt like they focused so much on that to kind of make sure that people ha- spend some time in the game instead of the main missions itself. Because when I um, did my Platinum run, you just have to uh, do the game on New Game Plus. You have to unlock some extra skills and suits. And because I had done all the collectibles before, I could just skip them all. And then I could literally finish it within a day, whereas or maybe even less. 
Whereas when I, I did the, the initial playthrough with all the collectibles, it took me a couple of days to get through it. So is, is it, that's the only critique I have for the game, that they put in so much collectible stuff and, and not a lot of main missions. Maybe it's also because I know what to do in the missions that I got through it fairly easy. Um, I got the platinum for that, so that's really nice. Um, I, I, I got the regular edition, so for 20 euros I can upgrade to the ultimate edition that will get me... Uh, Spider-Man Remastered. Uh, I'm thinking about getting that one because I only played Spider-Man Remastered when it came over Spider-Man when it came out in 2018. Been wanting to play it for a while, and when I saw that the remastered version was coming to PS5, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll uh, I might as well play that. So probably in the next few weeks, I'll be jumping into that. Um, I finished Astro's Playroom. Also got the play uh, the platinum trophy for that. Um, <laughs> Astro is really fun. I mean, it's just so funny. The characters really cute in a way they make really fun sounds when they jump around or the other astros uh, cheer you on uh, it's, it's just really like a happy vibes game um there was um there was a speed run trophy in there you don't have to get it to get the platinum but i wanted it so i can at least see i have 100 percent complete which means you have to finish uh eight minutes com- eight missions combined in under seven minutes um, so that was really difficult because uh, there are no checkpoints. You just have to race through the the, the level as fast as you can, and um, hopefully you you end up with a time for all the levels combined, which is under seven minutes. Um, I, I managed to get it. I, I looked up a guide and looked at how to do it as fastest. So I saw like the guy did it in in some missions, like in in. Let me put it this way: he he posted in the description. He said. Don't worry about my pace because I finished it in 90 seconds slower than the requirement. And I'm like, whoa, that's really fast. Uh, and you can, when you finish a level, you can see the leaderboards, mm-hmm. and it's it's crazy because in some missions I would I would do like 53 seconds, and there were people that did it in 37 seconds. Mm-hmm. And like when you watch the video, you you just go nuts because you're like, what? And in some places, I'm like, how is this guy doing this? Because it's it, it's like either timing or it's luck. I don't know. Um, but it took me a, a, an hour or something to get them. I was uh, annoyed at the end, but I got him. So I was really happy. <laughs> it was the last trophy I needed. Um, and I did that. And I went back to Watch Dogs Legion after that. Um, mm. Also finished that. Did not get the Platinum. Probably won't. But I finished the main story. Um, it's nice that the game is built around five storylines which involves a dead sex storyline, a Albion, which is the PMC that's taken over London storyline, a uh, kind of like a, an intelligence branch storyline and a uh, mafia storyline, which is called Clan Kelly. Um, they kind of are like organ in the organ business that they have people that they harvest their organs and sell them on and pretty dark. Um, yeah. This, this watchdogs does feel a bit more dark than the previous one. Um, mm-hmm. I lost a few operatives, which was kind of sad because I do play on with permadeath. So it was it was pretty sad when they passed away. Um, also, I had a few instances in which I had one instance in which my PlayStation or two instances in which my PlayStation crashed because of the game. So it threw me back to my main menu or to the home screen, um, which was kind of a moment. When that happens, I generally just don't play anymore. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to play something else or stop playing at all because it kind of takes me out of the action. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I like Watch Dogs. I mean, I, if you're looking for an open world game, which is fun, um, I would recommend it. Um, maybe not for the 70 euros. Maybe get it in a sale. Uh, yeah. 
Um, so, outside of that, um, what would you, uh, what I would, what I would recommend though is for people that if you're, if you're into this, um, and if you feel like okay, I don't want to pay the full price. Also, don't forget Ubisoft has UPlay uh, Plus um, for like fifteen bucks a month. And if you feel like oh, I want to at least try uh, and play like a bunch of Ubisoft games, you can do it through that. Um, by the way, this is not sponsored by Ubisoft or anything. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that that's possible, and you can do what. And if you are in a position like me who doesn't have a powerful enough PC to play it, you can play all the Ubisoft games that are on Uplay through GeForce Now. Again, not sponsored, just a really big fan. Yeah, they they come out the day of the release, so you can pick it up and play it if you don't want to buy it. I mean, is what is yeah. ten euros something? Fifteen, ten euros? 15. Yeah, fifteen. But you the get like tremendous 15 value. Fifteen is a little bit. I that's the thing, right? I feel like the fifteen is a little bit steep, but considering that you get the entire Ubisoft library for that, and the games yeah. lately have been really good. Um, I'd say go for it. I mean, even even if it's this, just like for a month, you can like finish like two or three games in a month. Um, so I'd say try and do that. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, I played a little bit more of Cyberpunk, but um, I mean, like everybody online is hating on Cyberpunk. I mean, I get mm-hmm. it. I mean, there's some controversy surrounding the game just yesterday the news broke that sony has pulled the game from the playstation store so you and can't, offering refunds yeah you can't buy it digitally anymore uh, they're offering refunds i know that two big retailers in the netherlands bol.com and game mania are giving people like a disclaimer when you buy it they've they've uh, game mania already does it bol is going to do it in which they say that the game has on the ps4 and the xbox one that it has um, issues or that it's fidelity, that graphical fidelity is not what people should expect of it. So they give, are giving kind of like a warning, which is pretty unheard of, I think. I, I can't remember a game that's ever done that or, mm. or, or a game that's caused that. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm like, I'm playing it on PC. Um, Digital Foundry released their optimized settings video last weekend. And I, uh, I went back and adjusted some settings, which gave me a lot of uh, performance gains. Um, I'm running the game at 80 FPS on a high in 4K with DLSS. Um, I think even if I turn DLSS off, I still get around 60, so it should still be fine. Um, I like it so far. I mean, the game is is a little bit overwhelming. I, I feel that the tutorials aren't super clear because there is a um, there's a you can hack enemies or you can hack objects like cameras and and other stuff. But there is a, a, a kind of like a hacking mini game in there that you need to complete. But I, I still don't get it fully. Um, and the tutorial wasn't really clear on, on explaining how it works. So it is a bit hit and miss for me when I when I do it. So every time I'm like, oh, I hope I'm doing the wrong right thing. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Um, but besides that, um, yeah, I've had a, a couple of bugs that, that prevented me from continuing i had to uh restart the game or reload my save um just this morning i saw that they released another patch patch 105 it fixes a lot of things again um so i might jump back into it i mean 
I don't have any issues with waiting. I, I, I wouldn't mind at all in, when I jump into the game like in January or in February, as long as I know that the experience will be better. I know that um, everybody's talking about it. And it, it's become this, it's kind of like when we used to go, what we used to do with Stadia. We constantly used to bash Stadia. <laughs> Looking back, that wasn't the best thing to do. But like we would find constant issues about Stadia. And, and it, it is becoming something like that. Like everybody's finding issues around Cyberpunk. I mean, I see it on Instagram as well. People are constantly saying, yeah, yeah, bugs this, bugs that, blah, blah. But besides bugs, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we understand that the game is bugs. We understand that the game isn't what it was supposed to be. But if you look past that, it's a pretty cool game. I mean, it looks nice. There's so much to do. Um, I think it's... it's um, I'm still learning the game, but I think like when I'm, I'm only six hours in, but I think like when I'm in a little bit more, I think I'll have even more fun from the game. Um, but yeah, I mean. Did you hear, by the way, that uh, even the developers themselves were like, yeah, this, uh, this wasn't our idea to release the game in this state because they knew, they knew that the game was, the game, the game was not ready, especially the, 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 the current gen versions were just not ready, but upper management were the ones that kept pushing wow. and shoving and setting unrealistic dates and even yeah. back back when it was supposed to release earlier this year yeah now the beginning of this year they were like yeah no the games are not ready they're just not i, I the don't fact know that the, the, fa the fact that they keep pushing it back like incrementally was unrealistic to begin I, I don't understand why they didn't do a pc only release now and then do like a uh, a console release a couple of months down and say because like... upper management didn't allow it because upper management just wanted the game out. Yeah, I mean... But I now... mean, they, apo they apologized to the team for it, but it's kind of like... But you knew. It's not like you didn't know. Um, like and, in the end, And even the comment... Remember earlier in the, in the year, um, I think one of the CEOs or whatever... Um, made a comment about, oh yeah, we, um, uh, you know, we don't do cr we don't do crunch, but like in but in but outside of like the PR bubble, it was like yeah, crunch is just a part of you know, crunch is just a part of development. And then he later had to apologize to the team, say like, oh, I'm sorry, like I said that to you guys that you know, crunch is a part of it, and like, you know, customer facing, we're pretending like we don't have crunch. Oh man. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you stuff look is back coming back out, it. and uh, um, you know, you know, good old Jason Schreier is doing that sleuthing again. Yeah, and, uh, probably doing the book. Seriously, like no, like he's already published some stuff. I think on Bloomberg. I think he works at Bloomberg now, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought he took a uh, time off to write his book. Yeah, but on occasion he still like reports and stuff. So mm, okay. apparently he's been talking to. Uh, developers at CD Projekt Red, so mm. yeah, yeah. that uh, that seems very that seems very fun. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, like if you look back at it, I would have said if it would have been better in in higher management, upper management's interest to say we'll do a PC release because that's the best version we have, and then we'll make sure that that's playable, and then we'll spend the time making sure that the next gen console releases re come out and the current gen consoles. And then we'll kind of prepare people slowly for that the the current gen version isn't as pretty as uh, people expect it to be. Um, I well, I think it has partially it, it's partially to do with the fact that they probably promised 
um, their, uh, what do you call them again, shareholders, that the game would be out by the end of the year. Um, You'd still be technically bringing the game out by the end of the year if you did a PC release. Yeah, if you only, exactly. So I don't know why, I don't know why they forced themselves to bring out the other version. So I don't know. Uh, in the end, this will backfire because I'm afraid that it will also impact. Oh, it already the- is. Like it already has. Like a, like their stock's values has dropped significantly. So it's like, yeah, what's the point now? And now, now you've pissed off Sony and Microsoft because the whole refund thing. Yeah. They didn't communicate with Sony or Microsoft. They didn't like tee off on anything. They just said, get your refunds from them. It's like, yeah, but our policies kind of don't allow for this. Yeah. But now they have to force their hand. So, yeah, I'm I'm sure that um, uh, CDPR has to like give give Sony like their money back or something or whatever for for all the games they have to refund or at least their share. Know. Yeah, I'm I'm also afraid that this will impact other things because um, they said that they were going to do a Witcher three next gen release, and if you have the original version on PS4, you'll get a free upgrade. Well, I have it. Um, but I never finished The Witcher 3 at the time, and I'm really excited to jump back in, but I, I really want that next-gen version. But now I'm afraid that... Yeah, because they say it's going to come out next year, but now I'm afraid that because of the whole hassle with Cyberpunk that they'll push that version because they have to allocate resources to Cyberpunk. Or, you know, um, maybe that will come out in a box. This almost feels like that they had this legendary status because they did some good games in the past. And they hyped this game so much. And now it's kind of like their fall from grace, kind of like what happened with Bioware, that they were this legendary RPG developer. Every game they made was gold and uh, they fell from grace. And now they're working on that redemption path. Um, I think CD Projekt Red will pull out in the end and you know fans will still be happy. It's just that this is like a bad taste in your mouth that will not go away for any time soon. I hope so. At at the very least for the development uh, staff, uh, I really hope so. I hope the guys get some time off. I hope that the, the idea is, is let's give our team some time off so that they can reach They are continuing fresh. to bring out updates. You really think they're getting time off? Yeah, but like I would, I mean, it does. If the, for example, if you have 100 developers working on the game when it's in production, you don't need those 100 to fix bugs. You could say like, hey, we'll do it in shifts. We'll give a, a part a holiday. They recharge, refresh, come back. And then the other part, I don't know. There's some stuff you can do for your people. You don't need 300 people to fix some bugs. But let's be realistic. That's not what's happening. Well, I hope they do because the developers deserve some time off. You know. Oh, I'm not saying they don't. They 100% do. I'm saying it's very unrealistic to think that most of them are not getting are getting time off because they are not. I mean, I'm sure they're getting time off for Christmas because it's Christmas. But outside of that, I don't think so. I feel like they probably, as soon as Christmas is over, they they have to go back into the fray and start continuing to, you know, squash bugs. I don't know, man. I uh, will just have to wait and see. It will eventually surface. Yeah. The PC, the PlayStation and the Xbox version of the current gen versions will get two big patches in January and February, which will hopefully bring the game to a better state. So I hope people will enjoy it after then. Yeah, I hope so too. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And that's basically... Oh, and I've also been playing Yakuza Kiwami 2 again. I, I, I'm going to play that one and hopefully... I, I want to finish it because that's my next game in my list. 
So uh, I'm going to probably start playing that more and more later today. And uh, oh, and one well, a side game I played because it's I just wanted to see it is uh, Destiny Two got a uh, next gen upgrade and uh, it's running in 4K 60 FPS now, which is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. I played the original Destiny for a while. I played Destiny Two when it came out, and, I, and after a month or so, I stopped because there wasn't a lot of end game content. But um, I have a friend which is like. Uh, most dedicated destiny player i know he's putting like uh 22 2300 hours into it um talk about dedication <laughs> but uh he actually uh, uh mentioned what was different in the game because i said like hey uh, it's been a while you need to help me out and we did some uh, missions together but it's really cool to see that they that they merged destiny one and two into one game because i was expecting to just start destiny 2 and and play from where i left um and in a way it it does that because you get uh you can continue with your character but because i only have the base game and i never bought the expansions my level is too low so i i can't play any of the new quests because if i do they just instantly kill me because i'm a one hit so i i created a new character but i was expecting to start the whole destiny 2 storyline all over again but it started the whole destiny 1 storyline all over again i'm like hey what's happening here and a friend of mine said, like, hey, they merged it and they've changed some content, which is really cool because in Destiny 1, you start in the Cosmodrome and then you fight your way through it and then you get a ship and you fly off to uh, the last city and then you do stuff there. But here, actually, you meet another Guardian now and he has some missions you need to do around the Cosmodrome and then you need to finish it off with a boss fight and then you get your ship and fly to the last city. It was like a completely new game I was playing, which I didn't oh. expect. And and apparently they've done a lot of things to, to 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 make the game better that way. So it felt like a completely new experience. Um, because I thought like, oh my god, Destiny One, ah, played this game years ago. I don't want to do it again. But they they surprised me in a completely different way. Um, so it's, that's really nice, and it looks gorgeous in 4K 60. It is just. I didn't expect it. I mean, Destiny looked nice, but this is just like I'm playing a whole new game. All right, awesome. Yeah, I, was, I, was I might have to it. check it out. I mean, it's it I, it's playable on GeForce now as well, um, uh, as well as uh, uh, Stadia. So yeah, and if you have Game Pass, it, uh, it it's there with all the expansions as well. I I, yeah. I wouldn't recommend the Stadia version, by the way, because. I played the Stadia version earlier this year, and it doesn't doesn't look as nice as, for example, the version I played on my PlayStation. Yeah, but maybe mm-hmm. they fixed that in the meanwhile. Yeah, I'm sure they did. But um, uh, that's basically everything I have been playing. Uh, what have you been playing? Um, so I've been continuing on with Hyrule Warriors. Uh, I, I might, I might try and just finish the story because. Uh, every time when you finish a little bit, they add more stuff for you to do, more side quest stuff and more power ups and stuff that you can unlock. Uh, and if you don't have like, whenever there's like a, a an ability upgrade, you have to use items that you get during gameplay. But if you don't have them, you have to grind for it. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately. Um, it's also one of the reasons why I have like a hundred hours already in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still on chapter seven. Yeah, so cool. I think I'm just going to do like some side missions. If I can't get all the upgrade stuff, that's fine. And uh, once I've done the side mission, I'll just move on to the next part of the chapter and try and finish the game. 
uh, in the next couple of days. Um, hopefully by the time that you're listening to this, I have finished the game and may try to get every other thing uh, after the fact. I'm not a completionist, but I kind of want to complete this game <laughs> because it's just that much fun. Um, yeah, Chapter 7 has, like, by the time you get to Chapter 7, you've already had some really, like, I, I think I talked about this before, but you get some really, like, revelatory stuff that they should go, what in the world? That, what? And I was just, like, saying, what? What is this? What is going on? And at Chapter 7, something really cool happens. I'm like, oh, yeah. Because um, they're... Um, not to spoil anything, but there is a character, in my opinion, uh, I'm, I might have said who it is, but yeah, good luck trying to figure out who I mean in this case. But this person um, is not a person that I like to play with before, but after the things that happened in chapter six, leading up to chapter seven, chapter seven, um, that changes. I'm like, oh, this character is cool now. So, um Lots of cool stuff happening in this game. I can't wait to see the end. I'm really excited about the end now um, because at this point, I'm not even sure what I'm gonna, uh, what I'm supposed to be experiencing at the end. But we'll see when it gets there. Outside of that, I'm still playing near. Um, kind of slowed down on that a little bit. Uh, been doing some of the side quests, so I got distracted again. Um, but you, but the, the 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 thing is with the second playthrough it's a bit different than, than the first. If you've played near the first playthrough, you you already know this is basically a um, a hack and slash. Uh, think kind of like Bayonetta light. Um, you can do combos, but it's not required. Uh, the second playthrough um, plays a little bit more different. You can still attack, but that's not your main form of attacking now. Your main form of attacking now is hacking. And if you've seen the hacking uh, minigame in uh, in Nier Automata, it's basically a top-down shooter in like this square box where you have to take down certain targets and then take out the core, and that's how you hack another machine, um, which is really funny. If you fail or if you don't complete the hack on time, you get punched well not punched out but you get kicked out of the whole uh segment and you receive a little bit of damage and then you have to try again um so that's basically kind of how uh, combat mostly works uh because the character that you're playing in the second playthrough is not as strong as uh, the first character beat uh 2b um who you're playing as she's really strong hence the fact that you're only doing combat in that way uh, so I can't wait to see how the third playthrough is. Uh, I, there are some side missions that I want to complete before I continue the story. So that's what I'm doing with that. Um, I also played a little bit of Monster Hunter World. Um, so Capcom has been releasing these little clips of how the weapons are playing are going to be playing in uh, Monster Hunter Rise, and it's got me really excited. So I wanted to play Monster Hunter again. So I uh, called up my friend and said, hey, um, I'm playing Monster Hunter. Let's play Monster Hunter. Uh, he's on a PlayStation 5, and we were able to play together. So really? cross-platform oh. is working great. Nice. We can also use voice chat, which also worked fine. Does it um, work better on the PS5? 
I'm assuming it runs better on the PS5, but I don't know because I have a PS4 base. No, but like, <laughs> did he mention anything? Like, uh, uh, he well, he said that it loads a lot faster um, compared to if you have, for example, a PlayStation 4 Pro with an SSD in it, so it's faster even than that, which already was a, a significant improvement. Um, it looks better, of course, uh, slightly, like I guess depending. But the the game was already a, a really stable game, like really smooth. The combat's really good, and it it was a while for both of us playing it. <laughs> so we were like, "Oh wait, wait, how does this work again? Oh, how 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 does this weapon work again?" And like getting rid, uh, like remembering all the buttons and and the combos and whatnot. And I think it's in the PlayStation Plus collection as well. Uh... I think it is. So if yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. He said that it was. So uh, if you if you if you're if you don't know what you want to play next after you've played Miles Morales or whatever, and you haven't touched Monster Hunter World, um, it's there. It's like the whole thing. So Monster Hunter World and the expansion uh, Iceborne, it's on the in the in the PlayStation collection. So if you play, have a PlayStation Five, a hundred percent recommend playing Monster Hunter World. Um. Outside of that, uh, I have been playing. Uh, oh my goodness, what have I been playing else? Uh, I got Ring Fit Adventure. Um, if you follow me on my new uh, Instagram, which is uh, at Maxim. Uh, at, uh, my goodness, I can't. <laughs> at Maximilian underscore X. Uh, Maximilian spelled with an E, not with an I. And uh, I posted there recently that I got Ring Fit Adventure because, uh, as you may or may not know, the Netherlands is in another lockdown, so you can't go swimming. Which, I mean, if you can, if you want to go on a walk, you can go on a walk, but like you know, at your own risk, and always wear a mask, and you know, social distancing and whatnot. But it's cold, um, and I don't like walking in the cold, so I was like, you know what, um, this is a way better, way, way better thing to do, and. I've played it a couple of times. Uh, it's been a bit more difficult because you have to work from home. Um, but when I was able to like take some time and actually do some workouts, I did the adventure mode, and wow, like that is like a proper workout. Like half an hour of that alone um, gets your heart racing, um, which is really good because it it shows you how to do the workouts and it correct it tries to correct just like oh you're not you're not your your position's not correct so you can always like reset in the middle of uh, in the middle of an exercise and then do it again in in like the proper position um there's uh this guy on the screen that you have to follow the instructions all his name is tip um yeah he, uh, he is very lifelike because they, you know they mo-capped a guy doing all the exercises of course um but it's really fun like the presentation the presentation makes it more engaging so i will have to say this like i've I've had we I've had we fit. I've had we fit uh plus I've had we fit you. I have this no idea what all the differences are. I only thought there was one. The well they did like some kind of an expansion thing on the Wii. So the Wii had two. Uh Wii Fit uh U, of course, was for the Wii U. Um but the thing with Wii Fit was it was more focused on doing stuff like yoga 
you you did have like core tra- core training, like cardio training, but I'm gonna be honest, the presentation was not that interesting. Um, they had mini games to make it more exciting, but those weren't really effective either. I know that people have used it in the past before to to help to help lose weight, but I think most of that is just people's determination to get into shape more than anything. With Ring Fit Adventure, it's not just in, it's not just fun, but it's also encouraging you to uh, to do it because of the way it's presented. And I feel like if they did this before with with Wii U, it would it would have been a way more effective uh, tool uh for people to help you lose weight like the ring the ring con itself you have to like stretch it and like squeeze it at times and that thing has like is really sturdy like you look at the thing and you're like oh this feels like it would snap just just by giving it a mean look but no it's like a proper exercise tool it has it has proper elasticity to it when you're squeezing it together you really have to put in uh you you really have to put in some power to it to to do it, uh, and the exercises are all legit exercises. Just reusing the ring con. Sometimes you don't even need to use the ring con. Like for example, when you have to do squats, with, which I had to do uh, for the first time in like I don't know how long. And, uh, <laughs> wow, I was feeling it after the workout, but like I said, it's structured really well. Before you start on the adventure mode. It um, asks you, do you want to do uh, warm-up stretches if you haven't done them already? Um, and when you're done, it also asks, do you want to do cool-down, uh, like recommended cool-down stretches? Um, if you have your own stretch routines that you do after a workout, you can do that. Um, but if you don't have that kind of routine, you can use this to cool down after a workout. And it does help, even though after the, the workout, I really felt my my knees all weekend like uh barely like being able to move the next day i was fine because i did the stretches properly so i didn't have to worry about like being completely sore um but to be fair that was after a half hour of workout so i'm curious to see what happens if i try to go for a full hour um i'm hoping to be able to do some more uh in the days to come especially since the holidays are around the corner and you know what that means lots of food which is not good for someone who's trying to lose weight. But um, if you're able to move, you know, stay exercising, um, this is definitely a recommend. Um, It is 80 bucks. So do keep that in mind. Um, So that's what I've been playing. Uh, I also downloaded uh, the demo for Bravely uh, Default 2, the final demo, uh, which is more in more inclined to what the final game is going to be as opposed to the, the the beta that they did earlier this year. I haven't started it yet uh, as of this, as of the time of the recording. I played a little bit so that I can have something to put on my Instagram. And, oh my goodness. Like, the moment the title screen came on, it's just like this nostalgic wave that came over me from, like, the first game alone. It's like, oh my goodness. Because they got also got the same composer, uh, Revo, and his um, and his uh, team uh, called Sound uh, Sound uh, Horizon to do the music again, and it's just that dude is like a genius. Like he does orchestral in such a cool, bombastic way. It's like ah, dude, seriously, like this dude. If he hasn't, I'm sure he's won awards, but. 
the stuff that he's done for the Bravely Default stuff is I just love it. He he also does he's also done um for our anime fans out there. He's he's also the guy that did like most of the intros for uh Attack on Titan. Like I think season one, season two uh, season one he did all the intros. Season two he did all the in uh, he did the intro that was like one intro. Uh season three he only did the part two intro and he did the outro for season three part one uh he didn't unfortunately do it for season four hopefully the second like if he if there's like a second intro for season four i hope that he does it because whenever like whenever he does something it gets your blood pumping you like pumping your fish like yeah but um and but at the same time for bravely default he has way more subtler touches there and then you're like oh man like i'm feeling it right here like right here in like right here, and it, it gets you the feels, man. Um, so I'm really looking forward to playing the demo. Unfortunately, the demo is only five hours long, but it is most, if not all, of uh, chapter one. But the save file is not transferable, so don't expect you, you know, to like be able to transfer the file. But um, for people that are curious about Bravely Default Two, I would totally recommend at least trying the demo and see if it's something that's up your alley. Uh, lastly, um, I I did some more more playing on uh, Google uh, Google GeForce <laughs> Now. <laughs> um, no, no, not Google. I did try. Um, uh, I did try and play uh, uh, Destiny on Google Stadia, but stuff was happening. I was like, you know, I don't feel like trying this. Um, I found out recently that I had a bunch of games that I claimed on my Epic. Uh, uh, on an Epic account that was a, apparently compatible with GeForce Now. So I was like, oh, okay. So I apparently have Arc, and I didn't even know that I had Arc, uh, uh, Survival Evolved. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and play Arc and see how, what, you know, what the what the whole deal is about Arc, because, you know, Arc 2 was announced. Um, and wow, uh, it's basically uh, DayZ, but with dinosaurs uh if you guys remember daisy back in the day when that blew up um it's basically that but with dinosaurs uh you have to craft your own stuff you have you level up you level up gradually so you don't like you have to do stuff in the world so you you gather you craft you um uh, you eat um you apparently poop which okay um Later found out that you actually need like animal poop and stuff like that to fertilize your crops. <laughs> yeah, because you want to grow crops so that you have a constant source of food instead of scavenging for it the whole time. Um, but I got kind of stuck in a loop because I happened upon a, I don't even remember the stupid bug's name. Like They're like giant flying red ants. And here's the thing. That world is persistent that you spawn in. So when you die, you leave uh, either your body or a backpack, depending on how long it took for you to get back, um, at the place where you died. What also is there when at the place that you died? The creature that killed you. So imagine trying to get your stuff back. And every time you get there, you see the stupid ants and they kill you in like three shots. Because they not only attack you, they also poison you. 
So it took me a really long time to get my stuff back. And when I finally did, I killed the bastards with <laughs> with my spear. I'm like, revenge! And I was like, okay, so now I've, I've finally been able to set up a house. I still don't know how in the world you're supposed to like light stuff on fire because the controls are not very helpful. And I tried to look stuff up on on um, uh, game facts, but there are no facts. There are like zero facts for this game. You have like cheats and stuff, but you don't have any facts. I'm like, why are there no facts? How am I supposed to know how to light a fire? I can make a torch and that auto lights up when you pick it up. I don't know. I don't know how to light a campfire. You can make a campfire. It's not lit when you put it down but I can make it. <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure out how to make that because the only way I can keep myself warm when it's raining or cold is to hold the torch. But whenever you want to craft something or if you're going into your inventory, it turns off your torch because you're physically moving your hand through your inventory. So it turns it off and then you start getting cold again, which is really annoying. It, cold doesn't really kill you that quickly, thank goodness. But it's still really annoying that you keep getting dinged that you're cold, trying to get warm. Or if you're warm, trying to get cool. And it's like, uh, okay. Um, but at least I tried it. Um, I, I'll, I'll see if I'll continue to play it. But it was mostly just to see how the game looks like on Ultra. It's not a pretty game. <laughs> like, to begin with. It's not a pretty game to begin with. And it apparently is a resource hog. Despite the fact, so, and I think mostly it's because all of the animal behavior is being run through there. So that's why everything looks the way it does. Um, I think that's, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, you played I mean, a lot. I mean, before we started, you said, oh, I haven't played a lot. But uh, here we Yeah, but all, the uh... thing is, I play a lot of stuff, but I then also kind of forget what I played. Oh, right. Last thing. I... Um, I caved because I did I hadn't picked up this one yet, but I caved. Um, so Sephiroth is now kind of sort of available in Smash Brothers um, as a as a part of the Fighter Fighter Pass Two, and I hadn't picked up Fighter Pass Two yet because I was not very happy with the characters that they had announced so far. I'm not a fan of Steve. Um, Min Min is okay, but Min Min is not a reason to get the Fighter Pass. And then they announced Sephiroth, and I was like, ah, fudge. And then I was, first I was kind of disappointed, and then I saw his moveset, and I was, okay, that's actually kind of cool. And then they said, well, the release date is the 22nd. I was like, okay, that's awesome. And then they announced, well, we're adding this Sephiroth challenge to anyone that bought the DLC or the Fighter Pass, and you can try it on and you can unlock him now if you beat that challenge. So I got the fighter's pass and I beat him in the challenge, which was it, it's a real challenge. You can play it on easy, normal, and hard. It doesn't matter which difficulty you beat him in. If you beat him once, he unlocks for you, and you can play with him. Uh, you can play the classic mode, you can play with him in World of Light. Um, you can't do his spirit board, which is like individual challenges. That unlocks on the 22nd or the 23rd, depending on in which time zone you're in. And 
Yeah, um, he, his moveset is really cool. It's fun to play as Sephiroth. Uh, it's a it's a bit different than all the other characters, but yeah, he has some really cool moves. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, Sakurai's presentation on it, I would recommend watching the presentation because there's too much to get into it if I do it now. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been playing. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think okay. uh, with that, uh, we've come to an end, right? Yep. Unless there's anything, man. I'll do my thing. Yeah, that's not mine. All right. <laughs> so, thank you for listening. This was a really fun episode. Also, with a look on, uh, on the Xbox Series X, which took way longer than we expected. Uh, our impressions on the PS5. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, I think this special is not- thanks, of course, to our special guests who are not here uh, at this point in the recording. Uh, thanks to uh, Gizmo. Thanks to Robin for uh, again uh, joining us uh, on a on a fun episode. It was really fun uh, recording with you guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, everybody listening enjoyed the, those uh, segments as well as much as we had uh, recording them. The, yeah, it was really fun. Um... Uh, I think this is the last episode uh, of the year. Um, so the, the 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 next episode after this will be in 2021. Um, so it's been a it's a, been a crazy year. Um, but I think we've we've learned a lot through it. So I think I speak for the both of us when we say thank you to everyone for tuning in, for supporting us, for uh interacting um we've grown a lot not just from like the metrics point of view but like also from a point in which we got the podcast to a different place than where we started um so it's really fun to embark on this journey um you can find us on all the podcasting platforms we're on anchor we're on spotify uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher overcast outcast nomad i don't know what cast we're there uh, <laughs> um, you can find us on, on multiple social media outlets we're on uh, on twitter game underscore rivals underscore uh on, on instagram uh, at game rivals um maximilian has its own super cool uh instagram uh, at maximilian underscore x uh, i think you should be able to find the link in the in the description Go over there, show him some love. He's doing some really cool stuff. Um, we're also on uh, on YouTube, but we're, we're going to do something more, hopefully, in season two with that. You can reach out to us through email, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. Um, you can leave us an Anchor voice message. You don't have to make an Anchor account for that. You can just click in the link and leave your voice message. You might be featured as a, uh, as a fellow game rival. Um, I think that's basically it. Uh, it's it's so much always. I always feel like I keep forgetting something. Uh, did you do the email address? Yeah, I did. I did. That was the last thing I mentioned. Very so, like, like a huge thank you from the both of us. Um, and and here's to an even better 2021 with a lot of games and a lot of fun. Um, on that note, I have been and will always be Sean Templer. And I have been and always will be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. See you in season three.